Yep, what you, the man. fuck are you doing? Fuck you, man. Podcast 25 minutes long and it's 12 minutes of Kyle ordering pizza and fucking pouring wine. Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Calgary gathers up the puck and heads up the ice again. Here's Bennett. Bennett cuts in. He's in there. Bennett scores. What a goal. Sam Bennett. Here's a face-off in your own end, and why do you win it? You win it because your wingers were hungrier. You get your mind made up. You're gonna tear it down this time. You burned out on the city. You think everything is alright, but you can't get away from me. It's always the same. You only call me when your heart breaks. For Sunday, March twenty-first, twenty twenty-one, it's the March Madness podcast the the laced up march madness podcast the i didn't think of this through ahead of time um it's laced up we're a hockey podcast but we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about march madness not exclusively but it will come up i'm james cole can you introduce me no you're third come on Know your place. I'd like to welcome myself back to the podcast this week. It's Kyle Hogan making my uh, third, technically fourth, unofficial appearance. Um, my last podcast was not actually brought on the podcast, but I'm happy to be back. Um, I would like to throw it over to Brutus. I'm Brutus Bataglia, and I would like to use my introduction to request that Kyle, take his jacket off because he's uh, been wearing it for a while indoors. Yeah, it's yeah, that's cold. pretty weird, man. Like it's it's like the first like nice double digit day of the year, and you're still rocking the jacket. I know the fans can't hear this, but feel my hand, James. No, I'm not touching. No, it. it's a pandemic, baby. Yeah, they can they can I, hear the rustling of the jacket though for sure. They definitely definitely can hear that. Hell yeah! Uh, I, yeah, I'm uh, Brutes Tagley from the from the high button. Definitely thought Kyle was going to talk there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, how how you doing, guys? How's your how's your how's your week? Two minutes into the podcast, you thought that the host could just take a break. Like we could we could have just started it's a, a couple minutes pressure. later. Look, Kyle's wearing a jacket. He's talking about touching hands. He's introducing himself. The guy's got no off switch. I, I figured he was going to just run for the next twenty minutes nonstop. Mm. We could all just get up. No, I, I I think he's maybe in silent mode tonight. He's in John Chozik guest of the podcast mode, where he's just going to sit there for most of it and not say anything. Does that guy not talk when he's on? Oh, you didn't set. listen to that particular episode, eh? Gas station. No, that, I did not. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I got several fan feedback texts after the show uh, um, about how it was nice of John to come and be our tech our tech guy basically oh perfect that was the extent of what he did he was great though john we love you this of course uh, is opening weekend for march madness oh uh, yeah baby we're big fans hell yeah yeah um but you know what we're not fans of broken brackets mm. and boy do we have a couple of broken brackets in our mm. hands just a couple we? million james mm. just a couple million so i did four brackets um 
in two of them, I took Gonzaga to win, which they haven't played. They're playing currently, and uh, it's not as much of a runaway as yeah. You think. Like like by all accounts, uh, it looks like they still are probably going to win their game. So we'll see what happens there, and that'll be over by the time that we're done here, probably. So we'll have an update for you. But um, in my other two, I had uh, o- uh, Iowa winning one of them. Mm. I have them beating. Gonzaga and the Elite Eight or whatever, and then they're going to go to the Final Four, and Luca Garza is going to do his thing, and they're going to win. Uh, in my fourth bracket, however, I have the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are currently uh, back in Ohio State because they're they're done. So that was good. Oral Roberts, baby. Yeah, I I gotta know, and like again, um, you were right, so I'm not making fun of you. What? possessed you to take Oral Roberts to win that game because that was one of the few uh potential upsets that I read about where like everyone was like yeah Oral Roberts sense, sucks eh? like they're they suck hmm. see, I didn't read one thing where they were like yeah they, they might be good my uh my key which to, is probably why they won my key to success there was uh, I didn't read any articles <laughs> yeah, um, you just take right. the team eh yeah that's right no literally, see, literally, I'll, like, I'll never be able to get away from it anymore because I have a general interest in this so uh, I'll never be able yeah, to go again into this without zero knowledge. Like, I'm always going to have some knowledge. I, I wish I could go back to 2016 where I just called it as a blind child, basically. I I always like to pick a big upset like team. Like, a couple years ago, I think the first year I did a bracket, I, I picked Loyola Chicago, who was a 15 seed, and they uh, won that game. I think they won the next game as well. But Loyola Chicker. Um, so I always like to pick a 15 seed, and I know it doesn't happen often. And it's usually a sign of, of bad things to happen. But what, what kind of happened with Oral Roberts is I I went through the first three matchups that I kind of encountered. And I did do my research. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, Iowa. Oh, yeah, there's no way Iowa loses. And down the road I went. Houston and Alabama's two seeds. And, like, everything I read, nope, surefire can't lose. 99% of the experts are taking these teams. And I got to Ohio and Oral, and I just didn't bother reading the matchup. I just... I want a 15 seed, so I picked Oral, and it just happened to work out that way. So Now, did you pick them because of the name? Because i got to say, like, in the history of the tournament, like, you know, if, if I were looking at the 15 seeds mm. and the four names of the teams, like, Oral Roberts definitely sounds like that school that you you see in once and you never hear from them again. Like, you remember that year, like, granted, they won. Remember that year Stephen F. Austin was in there, and I haven't heard yeah. of them since that year. Yeah. And then you got, like, the other three The other three teams are Grand Canyon, who, again, kind of random, but at least you know what it is. You know, I don't know what, I don't know who Oral Roberts is. And then uh, I- Iona, who's been in it before, and their coach is Rick Pitino. So, like, to me, like, that would be a 15 seed you might have wanted to take. And then Cleveland State, which, again, I don't, I've never heard of, but, like, that sounds like a school. Oral Roberts sounds like uh, someone who lived in the 1800s that helped invent sign language or something. I, I don't know anything okay. about Oral Roberts, but it sounds uh, made up. Okay. Um, you're probably not wrong. I, I don't know. I don't even know what state they're in. Didn't but... Oral Roberts write War of the Worlds? No, that's uh, Orson Welles, I believe. Close. <laughs> nope. Mm, well... They both start with an O. Yeah, that's great. Buddy. The 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 fact that you even had an idea of maybe who wrote War of the Worlds was was interesting. 
Um, yeah. I'll give you some credit, James. You you were kind of close. We were looking for H.G. Wells, but uh, ah. not that close to Oral Roberts. Now, Oral Roberts, um, according to Wikipedia, was a Choctaw American charismatic Christian televangelist ordained in both Pentecostal holiness and United Methodist churches. Not an author. Not not my guy, mm. by the sounds of things, but that's fine if you pick them in your bracket. Uh, so, moving on from uh, uh, incredible upset picks by uh, NCAA uh, amateurs, um, who's who's your... Well, let's start with who you who you have winning the tournament. Yeah, I know you said you have four brackets, but well, do you have like an overall sense of who's gonna take this thing. No, like I like I like I said, like I have Gonzaga winning two of my four brackets, but like even though they're not, they're the number one team in the country, they're not really in the heart of hearts who I believe would win. Hmm. It was just kind of like I felt so good about all my early picks that I was like Gonzaga, even if they lose, um, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a safe option for me to bank some like of my early picks and, and get points off of that. And that didn't happen. Uh, so there are a couple of them that I'm, that I'm out on. Uh, I do feel, I feel pretty good about Iowa. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I feel good about Iowa. The only concern with Iowa for me, well, two things, I guess, is that, um, if they play Gonzaga, which there's a good chance that they will in the, in the elite eight. That's what I got to have. Uh, and the other problem is, and, uh, I didn't know this until, um, I read like the 18th article of the day the other day. Uh, Iowa obviously has probably the best player in the country and Luca Garza, uh, who, however, likes to vanish when he's playing against yeah. other big men, which I didn't know. And that's like, I was wondering why I keep reading things. I'm like, why is this guy not on the draft radar? Like, I don't get how. He could be so good at college ba- basketball. Because, like, even though, like, even you see guys all the time that are really good college basketball players, but it's like, they usually get drafted. And Luca Garza's not even, like, like he's probably not going to get drafted. And I'm trying to figure out why, and then I read an article, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't like that. But, I mean, if he shows up, I, I think I think they'll win. So. That's fair. I like Iowa. I, I have Iowa in the fi- final eight on both my brackets. So I gotta um, tell you, I felt great about uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. I felt great about uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, and so uh, and I felt great about Georgetown. And all three of them are out. Uh, I feel like an upset pick that I'm really into still. I, I like Rutgers looked good to me last night. I thought I, I, had I to thought Rutgers one played pretty well. Not in the I, other. I like but, Rutgers. I, yeah. I, I I like what's going on there. Okay. Uh, it's probably might be because I'm a Sopranos fan. But do I have any other big? Upset picks. I, I did have uh, Syracuse beating SDSU. Mm-hmm. That worked out. I got six um, of eight in the mis- Midwest, and I'm doing pretty well in the East. Uh, in the South, I got uh, three of eight, and I only have one team uh, left for the Elite Eight because I had Ohio State. Um, yeah, I, I, not great. Yeah, I, I have. Texas Tech was another team I had Sweet 16, and it's like now they have to play Arkansas. I had them playing Colgate. Yeah, I so. have, I have Texas Tech going to the eight against Baylor and losing, but um, okay, that's that's better than that better than what I've got in that yeah, sense because at least yeah. they're still in the tournament. So, Hoagie, you uh, you got a bracket at all? I, I don't I don't know if you're in our our group or not. No, I I decided to opt out this year from all money. Fan, all not just because of that. Uh, I decided to opt out of all fantasy sports this year due to the COVID pandemic and not knowing who the fuck is playing every night 
in the fact that a team that I pick cannot have any of their star players due to a virus. So, not to knock the virus, but I just um, not to it's knock not... the virus. Don't knock the virus, bro. The virus is pretty cool. I try not to. It's but, good you know, to like, listen to both sides. Honestly, Always, you know... the virus is knocking me. If anything, See, yeah, those those that fucking liberal government doesn't want you to hear the other side yeah, of you the story. Whoa, right? Fucking liberals. You whoa, fuck... no, I'm just <laughs> those damn libtards. They say. Well, as 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 much fun as March Madness is, uh, this is the end of day two as we're speaking to everybody. So we don't know what the hell's going to happen. We got a lot no. of basketball ahead of us. Who'd you take winning? Yeah, who'd you take winning? Oh, sorry, you got Baylor. I've, I've got Baylor in my main bracket over Gonzaga. Over uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, in the other bracket, I have Gonzaga over Baylor. So I'm I'm pretty par for the course in my picks. Baylor's cool. Ba- I like Baylor a lot. Baylor's cool. Like. Now, you, now that you know what's cool about Baylor is both football and hockey, like or both football and basketball. I mean, they have uh, they're just physical, yeah, which I think is cool. Like they always just like they're both their with, programs just pick physical teams. It's cool with Purdue and Ohio State out. Like if if Baylor doesn't make the Final Four, yeah, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, feeling pretty good about the that Boilermakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down. Let's go Boilermakers. I uh, I was on a hockey tournament. Well, in grade the, the nine Boilermakers games. are out for sure. Yeah, but. and uh, my hockey team was in the same hotel as the Purdue Boilermakers lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. meet any of them. Nice, great story, bro. Is there a, fact? Is there a most is, like is there a a mascot you find the most ridiculous this year? Is there one for you that just kind of made uh, you laugh when you found out the team's mascot? I honestly I haven't noticed. I've been no. watching a lot of games. A lot of them have been on mute. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I do have a fairly heavy assignment due this weekend. Okay. So a lot of my attention has been drawn away from NCAA. Okay. Um, I don't like that. So I, I haven't, unfortunately. Do you, do you have one? Uh, well, I, th- I thought the Georgetown Hoyas kicked ass. Hoyas. The Hoyas makes me laugh, who, but. Who was the Hokies? Hokies. Uh, Maryland, I think. No, it was a game from yesterday. Yeah? I watched... Are you, are you sure? I thought it was today. No, I didn't watch any games today. So it oh, had to well, be from yesterday. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, but the Hokies I found funny. To the Hokey Pokey. The, the Hokies and are they, funny. they didn't turn themselves around. Or maybe they did. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I My runner-up would be the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Real original. Their mascot is because of their location and their school name, which is weird. Uh, Virginia so. Tech Hokies. Virginia Tech Hokies. Okay, yeah, they lost to Florida. It's pretty hokey. Yeah, yeah. The hokey pokey. They did not turn themselves around. Uh, the uh, this this, right. uh, this is this is a hockey podcast. So let's let's bring it back to the content that those viewers at home are looking for. Uh, all of the the latest, hottest on ice action, the product, the the storylines, the coaches that are being let go. Mm. Uh, Ralph Kruger. Mercilessly, Ooh, finally, yeah. someone like it's just insert Put him out to pasture like, like insert gif of the Simpsons. Stop, stop! He's already dead. Um, he finally has been allowed to leave this hellhole and maybe salvage some of his life. I don't know if this is ever going to have like long term effects on him or not. But nah, pa, Lassie's my dog. I'll yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers relieve Ralph Kruger of head coaching duties following a twelve game losing streak um look i'll i'll get i'll I'll let us talk about ralph Kruger in a second but i i want to address the team first okay i I, I think that this someone's got to i i think that we have to look above 
Ralph Kruger at this point. Sure. And I think we have to look above Kevin Adams at this point. And I think we have to have a, a long, hard look at the Pagulas and talk about what the hell is the goal here? The Gabagool. The... That's right. Yeah, man. Um, Speaking of Rutgers. They, <laughs> they, they buy the team and they guarantee success. They guarantee all of this winning, all of these championships. They've made the playoffs once. In ten years, they're gonna miss the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, and it was the year, year they bought the fucking team. It was. They're gonna miss the playoffs this year. It's gonna be an NHL record yeah. for consecutive seasons without a playoff appearance. They didn't make the playoffs when the league decided. You know what? Here's an extra eight slots. Here's an extra eight playoff spots. And uh, sorry about COVID. The Sabers couldn't make it then. Yeah. This is a this is a painfully bad hockey team. This is a hockey team that like. I'm a Leaf fan. I don't. I don't wish well of the Buffalo Sabers, but I definitely don't wish them this level of ineptitude that we're seeing. Because, like, Buffalo does this by by all accounts. They're they're a fantastic hockey market. They've got yeah. loyal, great fans. They're bringing in a lot of money. They're doing really well, and that's with a product that can't win. Uh, you know, a, a, a season. Like they, they can't have a positive season at any point. You you talk about Jack Eichel. We, we talked about dealing him a couple uh, episodes ago and, and, and what trades might uh, look like for, for getting him out of town. But you look at Jack Eichel. This guy was supposed to be the reason for all the tanking a couple years ago. This was the, the big payoff. You know what? That sucks now, but a couple years from now, we're going to be right there in the thick of things. Jack Eichel is probably not going to be a Buffalo Sabre this time next year. And, and then where do you go? This guy was supposed to turn the franchise around. And it's been four years of nothingness yeah and he's uh he's gone like it's uh he's gone like uh, i i i couldn't possibly feel more certain in saying that that there's just uh because there's two scenarios that he sticks around right is if he wants to be there or if they can't find a suitor for him which that second scenario is not coming up but i guess with a 10 million dollar cap and and, and a flat cap it's 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 possible that you know what I mean? Some teams are just like, no, we're we're good with our guy, and then you know the market gets uh, gets eaten up. But I mean, even for that second thing to tr- be true, that first part also needs to be true, where he's fine staying there. Like he has to be willing to stay there. And if I'm him, I'm not. Like I- I'm not. It's it's a rare situation where uh, even that hockey player mentality, where it's like you you try to make it work, and you 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 know you work for your teammates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, man, but, like, what teammates are we talking about? Like, what culture are we talking about? What locker room are we fucking talking about here with the Buffalo Sabres? There's not a, there's not a locker room. There's not a culture here. There's a collection of 20 to 30 guys uh, that 80% of which are not going to be on that roster next year. So, like, what are we talking about here when we talk about, you know, a group? There is no group. There's no loyalty to these guys. These guys are all gone with you. It doesn't matter. So, um... If I'm him, I'm I'm demanding get me the fuck out of here, and I'm I'm not looking back. Like I just I don't see there being another side to that. Mm-hmm. If I may chime in, um, well, you are here. I've never seen a franchise try to do so many of the right things and still be less than mediocre at best. You brought in a guy who scored forty fucking goals, signed him to this massive contract, and he's shit. You take Taylor Hall, but even, sign him to a one-year, and he's shit. Even in and of that, you know, like, 
to try to do the right thing, like signing Jeff Skinner to a seventy-two million dollar deal was no, never definitely the right not. Move. But like, and now, the- and now they have what I think is the undisputable worst contract in the National Hockey League, and the only way that they're getting rid of that contract is if they offer a team a package of Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner, and that's it. If you take Skinner, we'll give you Eichel. Because that's how negative the value is to that deal. Is I don't see a scenario where they can get rid of that short of packaging him with Eichel and being like, yeah, you don't have to give us anything. Give us a sixth round pick. And that's it. But like when you say doing the right thing, the Skinner thing always looked wrong. Like The, the, the trade was fine because I got him for nothing. But the contract, even right there, was one step forward, two steps back. And now they're in cap hell. I don't know. What what are you going to do with a guy who scores 40 fucking goals? Are you not going to pay him? I wouldn't sign any hockey player before they've played at least a few games for you. And even then... That's I, fair. Like, I just... I never understood that. Like, I, I'm on record on this podcast. I trashed the Skinner deal. And I had people who listened to this podcast fucking texting me and sending us messages on Twitter and stuff like that about how I was wrong. I wasn't wrong. I was fucking right. It was a terrible deal. Always was. Anyway, sorry. But you would Dude. pay John Tavares before he played a, a game with Tommy Leach, just to clarify. Well, free free agent's one thing. And when which, it's John Tavares... Sure was, right? Right. No, he wasn't. He was no? a trade. Oh, okay. They traded for him. They traded Cliff Poo and a third and a fifth. Oh, right, Cliff Poo. That's right. They got rid of shit and they got even more shit. Mm. So, like, to me, it's fine if you're signing guys on free agency, but I disagree with that, too. All I'm saying is that there was never a need to give a guy who has been horribly inconsistent his whole career, $72 million. Yeah, no No one else was ever going to give him that. Yeah. And if you think think so, then then that's fine. Then you're part of the problem, in my opinion. No, definitely. And I just think, like, the one indictment on Buffalo, if I may say... I get what you're saying, sorry, that they're trying. They are trying. I'll give them that. They're they're not doing the right things, but they're trying. They're trying. That's what I'm trying to get at. But the one thing that I might say about the Buffalo Sabres that they have not done, what have you done... From the most important position on your team since Ryan Miller left your organization. You've spent all this fucking money and you've never tried to get one of the best goalies in free agency or even trade for one in the last 10 years. Well, how do you you convince somebody to sign there? You know, James, that's not my fucking problem. That's that's the (laughs) Buffalo Sabres problem. All I'm saying is 10 years, a decade has gone by. Yeah. This is what I mean by they're trying to do the right things. You sign Hall. You sign a guy coming off a 40-goal season in Skinner. You have Jack Eichel. Right. What more can the management try and fucking do to get a good goalie to try and sign with this team? And the most important position on a hockey team, you both agree, is a fucking goalie. And they've never had that. Is that an indictment on Jack Eichel well, that he can't get the job done? No. It, 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 it's, not, it's not that I disagree with you entirely. It's not even like they haven't tried anything on the goaltending front, though, because they tried Robin Leonard. Like, I'll even give them credit because they brought him in. They paid a pretty hefty margin to get him. And then, um, like, he was he was good there. Like, people look at Robin Leonard as being this guy who's found this success. No, he's found a good team. But Robin Leonard has been a, a, a very good goaltender, even in Buffalo. You look, he was, a, when he got traded there, he was a 924 he was a 920 and then he was a 908 the year that he was drinking heavily and was massively depressed and and all that stuff Probably right nothing to do with the buffalo sabers exactly like even for all the shit he was going through he was a 908 goaltender there so like they tried and it didn't work out there but he left the problem is that when he was there for 3 years 
everything in his personal life aside, he, he's already gone on record and said that he didn't enjoy playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Because everything they fucking did around him. It's like everything they do is one step forward, two steps back. And can you honestly say that since the Pagulas came in, that this team is better off now than it was at any point since they've been there in 10 years? Because I would argue no. This is the worst situation they've been in. Because even eight years ago, they didn't have much. They were on the brink of rebuilding. The team was terrible. They couldn't find a coach, all this shit. But at least it was like, okay, let's rebuild. Let's do it the right way, and maybe we can make it work, right? They already did that, and they, they got fucking Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin, who were talking about Jack Eichel as a guy who they'd be lucky to get anything for him so that way they can get rid of Jeff Skinner. And Rasmus Dahlin is a guy where it's like, cool, great. Uh, how much money does he want? Because most of the teams in the league are not going to be willing to pay him what he is asking for because he has also been awful. So what do you do? You know what I mean? These are your two best players. You're talking to them as a sweetener to get rid of the worst contract in the league and a terrible defenseman in Rasmus Dahlin so far. But he's young, so we'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't say terrible yet, right? Like, well, he's terrible young. now, he's but, but he might get his way out of that. There's no denying he's terrible. He's terrible. But, like, yeah. give it time, right? Like, he's, what, 20? 21? You know? Like, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things where you you look at the Sabres and you're like... Because, like, I can look at the Senators and be like, I see the way out of that. I see the way out of that. Right? Like, they got Stutzel, they got all these prospects, and it's like, as long as Melnick doesn't fuck it up, they should be fine, right? Which he will. Because, I know they will, but, like, I'm just saying, like, on paper, right, the Pierre Dorian's done everything right there, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I think he's an idiot. And, uh, but you look at Buffalo, and it's like, they've done some things kind of right, and the other things they've done right, they've, they've also kind of fucked up to some degree. Like, it's just like, I don't really see a lot of hope in the near future it's it's very dark there at the moment the, the one thing i will say is like to to go back to your point kyle about the, the goaltending is um rightly or wrongly i do think that they have a, a, a legit goaltending prospect in yuko pekka lukanen and i don't wonder how much covid has affected his placement within the team he's still young I'm not suggesting that he would have been the starter last year, because obviously when we started in September, there, there was no COVID. But does his role, you know, within the organization take a step back because he can't play in the AHL this year? Um, you know, because he can't be that close to the organization, perhaps being called up to 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 play some games. Um, so. Like I, I think that they have something in net moving forward, but you're right. Like they, they did go through a stretch there where, aside from Robin Leonard, they really didn't not a lot to try to replace the goaltending situation in you know Ryan Miller who replaced Dominic Hasek. Um, like Carter Hutton, like for all, all all things aside, like I like Carter Hutton. I never understood that move from the beginning. Like when they signed that deal with Carter yeah. Hutton. Like, it was very questionable. Like, I, I well, saw... Well, Hutz was a Talbot move, right? They, they bet on sure. that he he is ready to I, take over. I, I, I saw the I saw the potential, but it was just, you know, like, this isn't a, this isn't a 27, 28-year-old you're betting on. This is a guy that's 31, 32 years old that you're hoping is going to step in and for the first time in his career be a starter. Um, so that was, I, I felt, a really bad move. Last offseason, we obviously saw a lot of goaltenders up for grabs. There was a lot of movement... Uh, in terms of, of 
talent on the on, on the market, and the Buffalo Sabers stood pat. Like the, at the end of the day, their move was to just sit on their hands and say, "Yeah, we're no, we're content with Carter Hutton and Dustin Tokarski." Like who's the, who's their backup right now? I'd... Well, Linus Allmark when he's healthy oh, okay. is their starter and is actually an okay one, but okay. But the fact that like you've never even seen in the media. The, the, the fact decade. that you didn't even know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Have you ever heard any of the head honchos in the NHL media say Buffalo is on the hunt for a elite goaltender? You have not heard that at all, even when they caught Robin Leonard, man. Like, sure. This, Buffalo this team has, has not been on the anything. hunt for an elite anything since the Pagulas have owned the team, really. Like, like here and there, they've made a couple splashes. They were on the hunt for an elite Connor McDavid through the draft. And uh, like, like honestly, they should have got him. Honestly, if a you lot of sat people down and looked at, since they took over in 2011, okay? Yep. The amount of dollars wasted in free agency, Buffalo's right up there. 100%. Because if you, if you look at Kyle Oposo... Uh, def- you can defend it all you want. It was the summer of mistakes because every deal signed that summer that was worth more than $10 million was a horrible contract, right? Lou Cheech and all that shit. So they did that. They did Christian Erhoff. They gave him a 10-year deal when you could still give long deals. They give Billy Lino a million, uh, hundred million fucking dollars to play 40 games there and try to move him to center. Like, it's like, every single time they try to go in... Like, they're they're trying to win without trying to win. Like, mm-hmm. going back to it, like, right... Trying to win with the roster They're they trying, have. Yeah. but, like, Kim and Terry seem to have legitimately no idea how to put a winning hockey team together. Because they're not putting even close to the right people in charge, who are then not even putting close to the right club on the ice. Right? Like, they're barely ever even close to the playoffs every year. They start every year 10 and 5, and then they fucking lose and win 10 games the rest of the year or something, yeah. it feels like, right? Like, it's like every year it's the same thing. It's a different group, but it's the same thing. So, you know, like, we can all piss and moan about what the Buffalo Sabres have done wrong, done wrong, but I think the bigger question is, like, everyone can look at what they've done wrong. How the fuck does this team get out of where they are right now? Like, what... What are they supposed to do? Is it is it an own? I, I is it as top as the ownership thing where you need oh, new ownership? Hundred like, percent to me. I, like from, I, I don't, from the top down, you need a complete overhaul. I mean, here here's the one bit of defense I'll give the Pagulas, right? And it still doesn't answer the hockey question, but like the Bills are on the right track, and the Bills are making a lot of the right moves, and they own that team too. And even when they took over there, it was like oof. You know what I mean? Like they didn't look yep. like they were on the right track either, and. The Bills are good. Like, almost every move they make, it's like, yeah, that's the right move. And, and now you're putting them in the Super Bowl conversation. Yep. Whether or not they can transfer that over to hockey, I have no idea. But May I raise a practical question, though? As, sure. as someone that does not watch a lot of football. Of course, James. Um, have the Bills signed any high-scale, prime, like, in their prime, free agents? Stefan Diggs. No, that season. was a trade. Oh, that was for a pick for Justin Jefferson. Uh, I, actually, I yeah. would say, yeah, they, they've done some things in like their their QB. From all I know, was a draft pick. draft pick. Yeah, right. Josh but, Allen. Yeah. Diggs was a trade, but you don't you don't see, you know, top five quarterbacks and shit like that hit the open market very often. Sure, wide I, I'm receivers and about, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they've done a good like even this this off season they've signed some, and they have a good team already. They've signed some what they would call depth pieces that would be starters on a lot of other teams. Like okay. like they they 
they're doing well there. Okay. Basically, all I'm saying is they took a situation where, uh, you know, five to ten years ago, I would describe the Bills the way that I'm describing the Sabres right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought, if you were to ask me five to ten years ago, who's going to make the playoffs first, the Dolphins or the Bills? The Dolphins were worse, and I still would have said the Dolphins. Like, like it, it seemed like this was going nowhere. And they've... They, they aren't making a lot of bad moves. But it's not like they're making every move, right? It's it's whoever they're putting into, into you know, in charge and everything like that. Brandon Bean and his fucking guys there that are doing a lot of it. But at least they've put the right people in place where it doesn't even seem like they... It doesn't even seem like they come close with it in Buffalo. Yeah. Ever. And every then, hire they make is a disaster. Right. Time and time again. And, and the best GM they've had... Sorry. The best GM they've had since they've been there was Tim Murray. Who was terrible. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Think about it, right? Yeah. Like, he, no, like right. no one's even done close to as good of a job as him. He was not good. Yeah. The last guy, I think, fired the coach of the year uh, in the mid-90s. So, um, no, the reason I kind of bring it up is, like, I go through the Buffalo Sabres, and you talk about the Kyle Poso and the, you know, Christian Erhoff and, and, and the moves that they have made, Billy Lino. Like, a lot of, a lot of their signings have been... I've got nowhere else to play. I'm going to play for the Buffalo Sabres type of type of deals, right? Uh, a Carter Hutton who, uh, oh, I could go be the backup no, no, in right. Colorado or I could be the starter in Buffalo, right? Sure. So I don't wonder if Pagulas or not, if, if this problem persists in the sense that we don't want to sign in Buffalo. If there's this aura around the idea of playing in the city at, of Buffalo. At this point, anyway, right? right. Like it, it's not like this disastrous situation's happening in Miami where it's right. like, well, at least if things go sour, I live in Miami. Yeah. There's no extra allure. Like, Buffalo's never had a problem getting free agents, but if, not good ones. if they're a tire... Well, no, they've, they've done okay, but if they're a tire fire, they're not going to get any. Who's a good free agent signing the Buffalo Sabres have made in your well, lifetime? I think most free agent signings are bad, but I mean they've they've brought in people who were willing to sign and play there. Is my point right? Like, like, my, what I'm saying is that their their biggest assets have always historically been either draft picks that fell in love with the city, kind of thing. fell in love with the city, yeah, or guys that they got via trade that eventually left anyway. Yeah, right. Like, Dominic Hasek wasn't a, a guy that signed with Buffalo. You know, no, that's fair. Chris Drury, Daniel Briere, they weren't. These aren't guys that signed with Buffalo Sabres. Um, Thomas Vanek signed an offer sheet to get the hell out of Buffalo, and his choice was Edmonton. Yeah, there, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on the city of Buffalo, but it's just... I think if you're talking with the Bills and the ownership of the uh, Pagulas, like... There's either a problem with the Sabres or there's a problem with the city, and I think that there needs to be some sort of definition between where we're placing the blame. Is it the scouting department that can't make the good pick? Like, oh yeah, we got this Casey. No, I, I'm, pla I'm placing the blame on the Pagulas. Right. I and think, and I'm, think, I, I'm I think saying every single person, down to the person who tears the tickets, I guess, mm -hmm. that works for the Buffalo Sabres is incompetent. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I'm saying that it doesn't matter who is in charge. Because it's not going to change until it changes. 
But, okay. Uh, so now, though, we're getting into a philosophical debate of what makes a good team. <laughs> sure. Because, like, you're talking about getting free agents to live in Buffalo. I don't think you should fucking sign anyone in free agency for more than $3 million a year. Everyone who hits the fucking free agent market usually sucks, other than John Tavares and a few exceptions, right? So unless you're going after John Tavares, and unless these guys are hitting the open market, I don't give a fuck if you can get these guys. I hope you can't. That's the reason the fucking Winnipeg Jets don't have any of these problems, because they can't get anyone anyway. So they don't have any fucking shitty contracts, usually. You know? I I, yeah. like, I I just I don't agree with that being a problem because I think in the NHL building out a free agency is a, is a but, problem. But then you so, turn to a so guy like Jack Eichel. You want you want to you want to draft guys that want to play there and you want to put a culture in in order to keep these guys and then maybe you can allure one complimentary piece that helps if that's a sure. thing. But it you got to be so careful with it. Yeah, I, I what my point is I guess is that it, it's not working regardless. Like you you. But I you, think that's because ownership. That's what I'm saying. But, it, like I, but I, this is the I don't get how I don't get how you could put it on the city of Buffalo. Okay, but well, here's how I can put it on the city of Buffalo. They've got zero fucking championships in fifty fucking years of being an NHL franchise. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, oh, they should have won in you, you 02. Can... Or, or is it a one? The Dallas ninety nine. So you got that. Oh, but like, fuck? oh, I, I don't even know if I buy that. Like, yeah, the goal shouldn't have counted, but they're probably fucking not beating the Dallas Stars anyway. Like, my my problem here is that like. But are you, you're going to go out and blame all these cities that can't win championships? Because most of them can't. Like, in every sport, there's a lot of repetitive... But you, you can like when was, when was, when was the last time the city of New York won anything? Seriously. Sure. The Yankees, 12 years ago? However long ago that 20, was? They won one in the yeah. 2000s, I think, yeah, right? So... Great, good for them. I, and I think they spend man. they spend seventy trillion dollars right. on fucking and, guys and every year. And there's something to be said for parity, for sure. But you're talking about the New York Yankees, yeah. So like, even a bad year for the New York Yankees is still better than eighty percent of the league anyway. Sometimes, most no, not times. every year, but like most of the not the you, early twenty tens. The no, they were fucking disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. It's just I don't. It's ten years. I don't I don't look at the the city of Buffalo as being the toxic problem here. The toxic problem is that I think they it's a continually hire though. the wrong people. Well, and and there's definitely something to be said for that. But I, I think it's the ownership. I James. I, I think the Pagulas are are have done a catastrophically bad job here, and if they weren't so committed to at least having the team exist which I'll give them credit, they at least do that, mm-hmm. then this team would be on... Th- like, things would be way worse there in terms of their financial situation. At least they have money, and they're willing to piss it away. And unfortunately, one fan base I'll compliment, Sabres fans keep coming back and keep supporting this team and keep wanting, putting money in this team, and they're never going to go away. No, definitely And not. that's the problem, is like, it doesn't matter how bad this team is, they're still going to make money. Because this market, for some reason, cares more about hockey than almost any other market in the States, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would just say, like, if we're looking at the ownership, the Pagulas, how, wh- what point do you draw the line and say, when the Pagulas wake up in the morning, how many hours do you think they think about building the Buffalo Sabres versus building the Buffalo Bills? How much sure. time do they spend in their off time how are we going to make the Sabres better or their bigger market, the Bills, better? I think it's they probably shouldn't own the fucking Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, they put more of their time into the Bills, and you've seen that. Like, yeah. I, that's just truly how I feel about it. Like, 
I'm not going to, they're never going to sell the fucking team. Like you said, they keep making the money, but they definitely put more of their time into the Bills than they do the Sabres. And that's not fair to the players of the Buffalo Sabres. They don't deserve that. So like you were saying, it, it has to be a top-down rehaul overmap of what's going on in this organization. And I really only think the only way you're going to get out of this culture in Buffalo is by selling the team, which is probably not going to fucking happen. So I, I literally just see this as a We're constant fucking loop. Anyway. This is it a loop right now. It could get bad enough. But no, I, yeah, I agree. For the next five years, this is going to be how they are. And like... Yeah. Jack Eichel's not going to be there next year, and you're going to restart the rebuild, and the whole process is going to repeat itself one more time before I think this team is pressured to sell the team. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I would like to leave off on the Buffalo Sabres. I'm, like, there's nothing more to say. Like, fucking tire fire. That's it. To, to answer your question, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> like, here's the thing. All we've done is just debated what's the problem. What do you actually do? Right? So... If you have to trade Jack Eichel, because, because like I'm genuinely curious, like do you think there is another way aside from buying it out to get out of the Jeff Skinner contract? Aside from either letting him play it out for now till you buy it out, or like is there a way to get rid of him without it being with Eichel? Like is there a way to there get? There has a, to be. Is there a way? I I would hope so. But is there a legitimate way for them to get a return for Eichel? And to find a way to get out from under Skinner. Because it's going to be very difficult for them to really, really, you know what I mean, get things moving on the other side of any rebuild if they've still got that shit Skinner contract. Now, at the end of the day, they have to meet the cap floor, right? So if they trade Eichel and they keep keep Skinner, (laughs) right? No, but say they keep Skinner to just be shitty for a few years. Yeah. uh, Then, (laughs) then great. But... He's so bad that I almost feel like that's unfair to him in a way. But. Like, here's my problem with the theory: is like I, I understand where you're coming from. The idea that you're gonna you, you want Jack Eichel, you, well, you gotta take Jeff Skinner. Uh, there's no team in the league right now that can afford Jack Eichel. Never mm-hmm. mind Jeff Skinner. That's what I'm saying. So that, that's what I, that's why I, I think don't it's think such this a complicated. Is, thing. I don't think that that is even a possibility. Sure. Um, I, I think you have to move Jack Eichel, and, and then just you deal have with you have to pray that you can get a sellable season out of Jeff Skinner being your number one fucking winger on the team and have him come somewhere close to the 40 goals he had when he joined your team. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's hilarious that that, that, that would ever happen without Eichel to me. <laughs> they got him with Jack Eichel and a right? guy can't even score. Like, right? you, you got to hope that Dylan Cousins can all of a sudden like set up <sighs> Jeff Skinner. God damn, do I ever feel and bad for that kid. I fucking love him. And, and, then, and then hopefully That's right. you can convince Jeff Skinner to um, waive the no movement mm-hmm. that he has to leave Buffalo. Maybe Jeff Skinner loves fucking Buffalo. I don't know. Maybe his girlfriend's from Buffalo and he wants to stay there. And you have a no movement clause. Tough titties. Like, Jeff Skinner is staying. And now you have to deal with that. The good news is that if you get Jack Eichel off the books, and you got Taylor Hall coming off, and Eric Stahl, and Carter Hutton, and Brandon Montour, then you can kind of afford to bury Jeff Skinner. Sure. You've got enough cap coming off the books where if Jeff Skinner's your fourth-line winger... That's where I'm at. Nine million. That's also whatever. where I'm at with the whole thing, too, though. Like, I do agree with you because it's like... There, without Eichel, mm-hmm. and it, there's no reason for me to believe this, but I'm I'm just going to throw it out there as a hypothetical. Without Eichel and possibly without Rasmus Dahlin, this team is so far away 
from being, you know what I mean, anything... Like, they, they don't have any prospects where I look at and I'm like, yeah, but at least they have that guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like they have Dylan Cousins, mm-hmm. who I think is going to be a legitimate top six forward. They have Jack Quinn, mm-hmm. who the Buffalo Sabres believe is going to be a top six forward, and I, I don't at all. Uh, I don't see anyone in their prospect pool, maybe Lukonen, where it's like, oh yeah, no, but they have that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, every team has prospects. And they also have prospects, but none of them make me go, wow-wee. Like, maybe one of them, or, maybe one or two of them turns out. Sure, yeah. but here's the other thing with that, right? You have to develop those guys, and you have mm-hmm. to have a development staff, and you have to have a farm system, and you have... They don't have those things, really. Like, they kind of have a farm system, not one that develops these guys, though. Like, they don't have what the Lightning have or anything like that. They don't even have what the Oilers have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I don't get where any of it's coming from. And, again, I already said the ownership's problem. It's just like, they don't have anything that's immediately going to be like, even without Eichel, maybe this will happen. Like, without Eichel and without Darlene, this team is going to be probably just as bad next year. Mm -hmm. If not worse, dare I say. I don't even know how that would happen, but... Now, if I'm Kevin Adams... This is my way out of the Jeff Skinner tra- uh, deal. There we go. You've you've traded. Jack are we Michael. playing? Are we playing? Let's trade Jeff Skinner. Uh, no, that's a bad game. <laughs> no one wants to listen to that. All one. right, so you you make a catapult. Okay. Yeah. Here's how you get rid of Jeff Skinner. Ron Francis comes to you and says, Gee, I, I, <laughs> I, I I would like this guy." And you, as Kevin Adams, goes, "Great, no. you can have that guy, but I'm going to protect that guy, so you can't have him. So if you want him." I'm going to retain Jeff Skinner at half. You take Jeff Skinner, and I'll give you this guy for a seventh. And that's how you get rid of Jeff Skinner. And you pray to Jesus that Jeff Skinner will waive that no-movement clause to go to Seattle. You know what the fucked up thing is, James? Seattle has so much money invested in analytics. (laughs) No, I get it. And that, that's, like, and that's that, how like, bad I think this option that, is. That, like, whoever they get from Buffalo, if they were to do that, is going to turn into... A Jonathan Marchessault on steroids. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna. Be, it, you think you'd never heard of a guy? They're gonna find a way. If Seattle wants, they're gonna find a way to bring in like Tage Thompson and him to score sixty fucking goals or something. If that's what happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I have no doubt that Seattle is already smarter than Buffalo. Hey, how about and that? They don't exist. How about that? Hey, uh, we'll trade you Jack Eichel to Seattle if you take uh, Jeff Skinner off our hands in the expansion draft. That could be an option. You that's trade that's the one. No, you, you, yeah, no, that's what I mean, right? Like that's that, the one team that could afford both and, guys. Fuck, and then Jack's just going to show up in <laughs> Seattle and be like, oh, this fucking guy's here too, eh? Like, You're trying to day trade. one of training camp, it's like, oh, I fucking know that guy. That, that accounts for 23, almost 24% of uh, Seattle's <laughs> cap hit, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right, well, before we blow our brains out, we should probably move on. Uh, Anders Lee out for the season with the New York Islanders. What? Uh, yeah, Islanders. <laughs> I know. Crazy, My favorite right? player. Uh, crazy. Islanders right? can't keep a captain, am I right? Ah, whoa. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and- Anders, no. Anders out after uh, 19 points through 27 games this season. Uh, shot, James. Uh, 12 goals. By all accounts, having a fantastic season uh, uh, on Long Island. I can't believe I'm going to say this, okay? Because I, 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 I hate their fans more than any other fan base, probably. Yeah. I feel bad for the Islanders. Because, 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 here's the interesting thing about the Islanders, right? Okay. We spend seasons and seasons on this podcast ripping them, 
They keep winning games, and it's like, how the fuck do they keep winning games? Islanders are actually good this year. <laughs> like five on five, they're a they're a good team. They're not they're not great. They're good. They don't give the puck away nearly as much. They actually have the puck. They get shots on net. They don't play a strictly neutral zone trap system anymore. They're actually okay. Mm. So Anders Lee actually kind of sucks as a loss because Anders Lee is one of very few guys in the league where, you know, whether or not you think he's amazing five on five, he's very, very good at burying the puck in front of the net, like loose pucks and shit like that. I realize it doesn't sound like a skill anymore, but it is. Like James Van Riemsdyk scores fucking 25 to 30 goals a year and most of them are right in front of the net. Anders Lee is very good at that, and that is a very, very helpful thing to have uh, in the playoffs. So if there's some foreseeable way that he maybe gets back in a deep playoff run, that'll be very helpful to them. But uh, they're going to miss him, for sure. It's a real high PDO. Um, it's a, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, It's time for fun facts about Anders Lee. Did you know when he I was didn't. in high school? There's no way I knew it. Uh, Anders Lee, in the same year, was ranked the number one high school hockey player in the state of Minnesota as well as the number one high school quarterback in the state of Minnesota. Oh, that's that actually is cool. That He won both awards for the fucking state, and he chose to go and play college the hockey. the wrong sport. Why'd you want to play college hockey? Yeah. For the girls! <laughs> for the girls! Not that college quarterback could do that, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, honestly, like, big loss. This is the uh, second year of the uh, new extension that he's got signed through 2026. Yeah. Uh, what was the injury again? That was the one thing I didn't Lower remember. body? Probably. Did, did they not uh, answer sure upper he, or lower? Pretty so. sure he tore his groin. Like, I saw the play when he, when it happened. On, it's against San Jose, no? No, not San Jose. Fuck. Well, they're probably um, not coming uh, Oh, yeah, he's not coming back for the playoffs. He uh, tore his ACL. That'll do it. Come on. Joe Thornton played in a torn ACL and MCL. What are we talking about? Anders Lee should just buck up and get out. Joe Thornton's a robot. Even, even, even to that point, though, he had a little more recovery time than Lee's going to have mm-hmm. here, right? Like, you know, it's already March. So Yeah, all, that's that's a tough one. So we're all watching the Islanders at the trade deadline then, right? Like, this, they're in now. They've got to be. You yeah. Got, you got all that cap space to play with. Yeah. Hello, Taylor Hall. Yeah, knowing Lou, uh, hmm, what seems like a Lou trade? Um, John Tavares to the Islanders? He's never played there. Dustin Brown for two first-round picks. Something like that. <laughs> that could work. They, they have both their first-round picks. So. <laughs> both their first-round uh, Okay, here, here's a, this is a bit of a touchy one. I don't know how we're going to come down on this one, but we got to talk about it. It's a little old at this point, but hey, we haven't recorded this last Saturday. So uh, let's talk about the Brandon Tanhev hit on oh, Jerry yeah. Tenorti. Oh, my God. Right. Don't um, even get me started, James. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've never seen let's such. Hear it. I've never seen such the epitome of growing up showing me what is a clean hit in hockey. Shoulder, chest. Every fucking coach would ever tell you that is a clean hit. The guy did the epitome of a clean hit. Gets a match penalty for it. Are you fucking kidding me? What is hockey becoming? I don't give a fuck if he's three here from the boards. You can hit anywhere, shoulder to chest, anywhere on the ice. That is what the rule book says. Well, you're wrong. I don't and, give a fuck. And I'll like, tell you why you're wrong. I don't because fuck. you can't hit a guy shoulder to chest. Oh man, that was it, good. It, it's actually illegal to hit a guy shoulder to chest. Uh, shoulder to chest. Kyle, it's great to have you. This if week. it results in a play. Where the player uh, goes into the boards in a dangerous position because that is the actual NHL definition of boarding. 
How is it's, it his fault in... to control how he falls into the fucking boards? Any other guy could have just taken it to the chest and it fell like this. Like Okay, now if he had fallen and he was laying flat on the ice and fell into the boards, that's one thing. But his body does not even hit the ice. He f- hits the boards. That's it's that's what... boarding. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's fine. The, that's the definition of boarding. That's also relying on who's taking the hit, though. If you throw oh, that well, hit to I anybody don't... else in that situation, is Jared Tenorti going to do the same thing as if he tried to hit Sedano Chara? No. Sure, I've, I saw Trevor Moore do it. <laughs> Fuck you. Come on. <laughs> Work I, with me. I, uh, ooh, yeah, sorry. I just You're not I, getting as much help here as I think you think you're getting? Oh, I don't no. give a fuck. Oh, like, no. By oh. no means should you get a match penalty for that, though. You know, I don't you know, give a fuck. Like, you know, here, here's why it's an interesting a conversation, boarding, too, right? Because, it, fine, but... because a lot of people did think it was a clean hit, and, um... You know, you know what? Like the one thing I thought with the whole Tanev thing was it got blown out of proportion immediately because one version of the video surfaced, and that's what everyone saw, and it was just the hit. And my issue with it is not even the same as James's, although I do agree that it was boarding as well. Um, my issue was that he he takes uh, s- six for sure. Steps toward Tenorti after taking about six to get his speed going. So in reality, he took about twelve steps into the hit. It, it it's, it's so it's charging. It's rule book, oh, yeah. picture perfect definition of a charge. Pick your penalty. And to me, it's one of those things where if he would have got two minutes for charging, and they suspended him after, I would have been fine with it. If they gave him five minutes in the game for charging, I would have been fine with it. I, I thought it was a very, very bad charge. Now, what I will say about it is I'm, I love Brandon Tanev. I find it hard to believe that Brandon Tanev was trying to fucking kill Jared Tenorti. Just because a hard-nosed player. Brandon Tanev's 5'10", and Jared Tenorti's like, what? 6'5". Six, 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 He's huge. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so, like, I don't think he was really trying to fucking kill him. He has no history that I'm aware of anyway. So... I don't think that the intent was super malicious, but at the end of the day, it was a bad hit uh, to you, me. Have you seen now, the reverse uh, video? No. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing to me, right? Like, he, he runs, and he's a fast player, too. Like, it's just, um, I I didn't like the hit. I understand if all you saw was the one angle where he's just receiving the hit. It's debatably not boarding if you're not super aware of the wording of what boarding is, I guess. But uh, you're you're also right, James. Like, that was my take, too. Like, a lot of people were arguing, um, you know, a lot of people were arguing against the charging once they saw it, which I don't know how you can, because that's just, you're entrenched in your Watching own Watching that, that I can see how it's charging. I don't, the ref fucked up by giving him a match penalty for boarding. The, the boarding thing is also a thing, though, because James is right that the definition is that if you throw a guy aggressively into the boards... And it's hard to argue that it wasn't aggressively when he took 12 steps. Like, it's one of those things where it is just a... It's almost a combination penalty. It's probably not going to happen as aggressively if he takes two strides at Tenorti and just throws him to the ground and Tenorti falls in that way. But he clearly was charging right at him. Tried to throw him right in when he was in a vulnerable situation. Uh, I get it. you got to be ready to receive a hit, for sure. And uh, I'm not saying that in that situation that it's on Tenorti. I get why people are arguing that one, though. But also, I thought Jared, it was bad. Jared Tenorti is no fucking saint. The, the guy's no, been... No, okay, but... So what are we talking about here? If what you is, have a reputation... Why does that, why does the, that the NHL is... 
clearly whether someone gets injured versus who's making hit, who gets hit, okay. that's how so, they decide who they're going to suspend. So Marty McSorley whacking Donald Brashear upside the head with his hockey stick is okay because Donald Brashear is a repeat offender? Give her. Mm-hmm. That's how it was Give back her. then. Give her. Okay. That's literally how the game was back then. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in shit or get suspended. I'm just saying that's literally what shit warranted back then, what people yeah, did. I, I don't not know. that it like, was right I, or not. If, if, if people somebody just was to did take that. Out, if, if someone was to take out... Tom Wilson's knees tomorrow. Like, I'm sure there's gonna be people that are like, Yeah, well, he deserved it. It's like, All right, well, it's still illegal. Like, you still can't do that in the that's game of right. hockey. It doesn't matter who's that's not, name's I'm not back saying you should literally and, eliminate and, a guy's career. I'm just saying that the NHL has definitely has a bias to who's making the hit versus who's taking it. And they've clearly done that versus in game's amount of suspensions. Repeat offender who's not a repeat offender. They look at who's made the hit. Which is also dumb. Well, that that's what I'm saying, though. There's a bias into it. They look at how many suspensions have you had. Who made the hit? Who'd you hit? How many strides did you take? It shouldn't be that. It should be black and white. Sorry. like I'm sick of it being different based off uh, every other, other guys, it shouldn't... See, and here's the thing, right? Like It comes down to the NHL being unionized, right? Like That's where it all comes down because... Uh, they have to protect their players because every player is under the players' union and all that Of course. Shit. So the thing is, is that, and another incident that happened the same night, is that it doesn't make it okay that uh, Lawson Kraus wants to jump Carson Soucy because Carson Soucy made a horrible hit against Connor Garland. Now, if you want to avenge your teammate and protect your teammate, and you're going to jump Carson Soucy for that, that's fine. Like, that, that's fine if that's your response. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get disciplined for it. Because just because Susie threw something shitty a few minutes ago, it doesn't make the incidents connected. If the NHL is going to look at it and Susie threw a bad hit against Garland, that's one thing. If you now are going to jump Susie in response to him throwing a bad hit, that's a completely other thing. Like, if that's going to be what's going to happen, it's a separate incident. Don't worry, we're going to take care of Susie. Don't worry about it. But if you want to take matters into your your own hands and you're going to be a player and you're going to go out there and police it, like, it doesn't mean that it's okay because, like, well, no, you're right. We were already going to suspend him, so, yeah, you're allowed to beat the shit out of him. Like, it's just, it's not the way it works. It doesn't make one thing okay. It's the yeah. same thing as killing someone who killed a member of your family or whatever, right? Like, that doesn't make it okay. It's, if that's what you want to do, feel free, but you're still going to prison. Exactly. And, you know, like, that's the problem with the NHL is that... That's at, one of them. At, at times. No, I'm saying... There's it's, many. It's, it's inconsistent. That's the thing. They'll look at an incident, see what warranted it, oh, and then they'll factor the suspension on it. The for, problem for I sure. have is that there's no consistency with I this. I haven't said that yet this year on the podcast. I haven't said it in a while. Great opportunity to do so. The Department of Player Safety is, Fucking is, joke. A, is a joke. It is <laughs> but, a joke, man. But um, all that aside, logically speaking, it doesn't make it okay. I, You know what? Like, I don't really think of Tenorti as a super clean or dirty player when you say that he's... Um, you know what I mean, maybe made his bed in that scenario. I can't think of a situation where he's been disciplined before. I don't know if he is a repeat offender. Regardless, though, it doesn't make it okay to come in and hit him when he's in a vulnerable situation. Like, again, like I'm still defending Tanev, where I don't think he meant to fucking kill Jared Tenorti. Um, but I don't think he realized that he took 12 strides to do it either. No, definitely not. And like what you said... He seemed very upset about it, and I don't think until he saw... How many strides video of it after that he really realized maybe, hey, you know when you were skating on the forecheck and then the puck moved up half the ice? 
it's still the same play. It's still the same series of strides. It's still the same momentum. And you're right. Like he got he got uh, he got the penalty for for boarding. So I mean that's one thing. But and did Tanev get any supplemental discipline for this hit or no? I don't know if he did. I don't. Think I don't believe he, did. he got anything. No. No. And does that sit well with you, James, or were you fine with just a mash penalty for the hit? I I think like I don't think I'll. I'm not speaking for James, You're but fun. if I'm giving my opinion You're on it... You're fun on the podcast. I like it. Um, I don't even agree with him getting uh, ejected for the hit, let alone suspended. Did he get suspended? No. No, no he did not. He did not. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was... Like, there did not need to be an, uh, a suspension at that point because he was removed from the game. Like, if, like if, punishment fits the crime to you. <clears throat> more or less. But, like, in saying that, like, if he served two minutes for boarding... Uh, Are you going to ask for a one game? Maybe. Because of the charge. Okay. Now, if he serves two minutes for charging, maybe I'm asking for a game for the board. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of tough. And, like, it, and it all depends on your definition, right? Like, if I'm the Department of Player Safety and I can just look at a hit and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to suspend it. Like, say I'm taking it over tomorrow and now I have full jurisdiction and we can throw a lot of precedents out the window, right? Yeah. Uh, that, to me, was uh, probably... Uh, two games for charging, I would say. It's two games. As, as, well, and, and like it was da- very dangerous hit. Here, learn your lesson. Yeah. And then he's going to say, I, you know, I didn't mean it. And that's one scenario where I would believe him. But I don't care. It was dangerous. You're sitting out for two games. And yeah. watch some hockey and learn how to hit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry. When, when, you, when you talk about the definition of a penalty, too, and, and like the call in which that is handed down, I'm not, I'm not sure if Tanev was kicked out for boarding or if he was kicked out for charging in in this game i, I don't have it in front of me I don't I, know. I i'm pretty sure kyle's right i think it was boarding okay um but i thought the charge was worse than anything because, but regardless because going back to boring. a week ago when we had the conversation like i don't agree with the tom wilson hit like it was a it was a bad hit it was a dirty hit and the nhl had to work its you know definition of of what a suspendable act is and change the wording and they suspended him for boarding well that hit, like the Tanev hit, is a worse board than the Wilson hit. The Wilson hit was only bad because you got the guy in the head on an unsuspecting play. What's worse to you, James? Is it worse to hit a guy in his chest or in his head? Well, probably in his head. But if you hit him in the chest, there's a lot of variables. Of course. But there's also variables with the head as well. You can knock your head off then just collapse the ice, slam sure. your face on the ground. For sure. For sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just not saying it's not black and white. And it never will be, and that's the problem right. with, with the penalty. All I'm saying is that if the NHL is going to suspend Tom Wilson on the parameters of boarding... Because, Who is a repeat offender? that's how... But at the end of the day, that's how it was listed. The The suspension for Tom Wilson was boarding. Okay? That play as a boarding call is nowhere near as dangerous as the Tanev hit as a boarding call, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Exactly. So... If you're going to suspend Tom Wilson, who, granted, some of those games that he gets are a, re- a result of him being a repeat offender, you you should have the same conversion and, and go into it with the mindset that, hey, this hit was worse than that hit. Gee, the guy making the hit wasn't as bad as the guy that made the last hit, so maybe we take a couple games off, but at the end of the day... What 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 outweighs it? Is it the action or the player that is you know exactly. performing the uh, and that, that's offense? The, that's the dilemma you and I are having right now. Is 
does the hit make it bad, or does the person who's making said hit make it bad, whether the hit is worse or not? I like, think it's the hit. No, that's fair to you. So how how does the NHL get around this? Because you only have two penalties right now, charging or boarding. Sure. Do you think there, there's a conversation we should have, whether you can implement maybe aggressive charging and regular charging, have maybe different penalties to warrant these things? If you take more than set no. steps, you'd get aggressive charging versus charging. I, I don't think so because, like, the, def- the, the definition of charging is such that whether you take six steps or... What what is the definition of how many steps does it have to be? Three. I, uh, sorry, three. Two, three, three. You could call charging twenty times in a fucking game if you wanted to, then. But the refs mm. choose not to. You know how many guys Same will as take the checking and slashing. Of and... course, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no consistency, and that's the problem we and are never having. Will be. And and that's the problem. That's why we're having this discussion right now. But what do you want? Do you want twenty power plays a night? I'm okay with no penalties. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Ten years ago, is that Brandon Tanifit a penalty? Even no. The the de- the definition of charging is for punishing an opponent, right? That's the difference. It's like yeah, you can take four or five strides at a guy. Yep. But if you're kind of finishing your check gently, like Chad Kilger used to do, right? And you're just kind of just finishing to wear a guy the check, down. Yeah. That's right. And finishing a check is a dangerous versus thing killing too, in a guy, sense, right? But you know, Brandon Tanev was trying to knock him over, and he was trying to. Punish him. Like Take the, him the the, to me, that that isn't that that's punishing him. Like for me, that's that's and, and you know what, Bruce, you make a great point. Like that's something that we haven't even discussed about this play yet. Is the sense that Tanhev is making that hit, knowing whether I hit him or yeah. not, that puck's getting dumped in. Yeah. What's the difference? Exactly. And you know, the biggest problem I had with the James, we all all three of us saw how pissed was Brandon Tanev when he was barking at the ref. Mm-hmm. You could clearly tell. Not just because, logically in his mind, he thought that was okay. Yeah. He grew up 15 years ago, yeah. that's how you were taught to hit, no? Yeah. And that's the problem we're having in this game. You have all these pro- no. players who grew up in the early 2000s, that's how they were taught to he, make a hit. He's, he's taught to play like a pit bull, and that's, that's exactly. the way he models his game, is that he's just fiery. And I, lo- I love him. Like I know He's I a said, great player. I love him. I love the way he plays hockey. I even love that he was pissed off. It doesn't change the fact that I thought he was... He deserved to get kicked out. And, and that's Probably fine. suspended, but they chose not to. And, right. like, honestly, like, out of all the suspensions that have in the NHL, this is the most unique one I think we have seen in a long fucking time because it creates debate. We talked about it last week on the podcast and uh, about the Wilson hit where, you know, I put my two cents out there and, and I think Tom Wilson is a big guy who likes to hit that isn't particularly good at hitting. I think he genuinely was never really taught how to hit given his size. And that's why we see him throw these hits that are so questionable. Because otherwise, I can't really explain why it keeps happening. He he, he yeah. either doesn't know what he's doing or he's fucked in the head. Exactly. And, and I, I find I have a hard time believing the latter, to be honest with you. So my thing here with Tanev, too, was that that was, you're, you're like, you're right. Like, chest to shoulder, clean hit when you all you look is just the hit. Right? Exactly. Debatably boarding because we talked about it a few minutes ago. But, like, at the end of the day, all in his mind was was debatably a two-minute boarding penalty and that was it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure he would have gone to the box and said a couple words, but he would have just sat down. And the difference is that he didn't realize how malicious it was because it was a combination. He literally traveled across the ice. You know what I mean? Like, he's someone who I do think was taught to kind of see rules a little bit differently maybe when he was growing up. But... He generally knows how to hit. And the reason I say that is because, as far as I know, 
This is the first time he's been suspended. And we're talking about a guy who throws 300-plus hits a year, usually. Like, this is a guy who throws more hits than almost anyone in the National Hockey League. He knows how to hit. He just made one bad decision this time. You know? And, you know, like... That's the way I look at Tanner. Just like you were saying about Tom Wilson, he either doesn't know how to hit, or he's fucking had... Tom Wilson runs around like he's the size of Brandon Tanev, trying to make an impact as if his fucking size doesn't make the difference. I don't think he's... It's fucked to say... I don't think he's aware how fucking big he is and the damage he's doing to people. And all we can do is debate about it. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is the same dude getting suspended five-plus games five different times in his career for the same fucking types of hits? Mm -hmm. I I don't understand. And that, that's just where I'm at. And, like, does the guy get counseling for this? Does, like, literally. <laughs> no, but you're, Is the guy travel with right, malicious you, intent to try to do? injure people? Like, is there something wrong with his head? I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't think I don't think in the sense that in his head that's the case. But, like, on this play, yeah. I have a hard time believing that that wasn't the intent. For Tanner? Like, for Tom Wilson? Yeah. For Tanner. Okay. I have like, a hard time you believing believe, that that wasn't You the believe intent. Brandon Tanner hit the guy trying to injure him? Yeah, on, on on this play, I think Tanev was trying to hit to hurt. Now, not necessarily does, now, kill the dude, but to put him out of the. I play. don't think you're wrong to think that. I yeah. don't agree with no, you. No, right. I, I get where you're coming. I, from. I, I get where I, you're coming I, from like, too, James. Does, does that mean Again, that he, he thinks that he's going to go into the boards that angle? Probably not. The, Probably the, not. The no, the dude was flying. Like Tanev's a great fucking skater. He was flying out there. Like you know, what did he think was going to happen? Even at his size, I could fucking hit a guy if I was going that. If I was going that speed, I'm heavier than him. I'd I would have killed Tenorti. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, Brandon Tanner might not have known that. Brandon Tanner's 5'10", like 190, hitting a guy who's 6'4", 230. Do you think he thought that was going to happen? It's unfortunate well, that's re- what happened. But, re- but regardless, at the end of the day, it's it's his job to, to know that. And no, he, of he course. He didn't know it in that moment. And again, like I said, the guys, I don't have it in front of me, has probably thrown 1,200 to 1,500 hits in the National Hockey League. And I think this is the first time he's been even close to his suspension. So... Next you know, game he plays, fine. is Mike Sullivan going to tell him to let up or keep going as hard as he no, just went? I don't think he needs to change anything he does, but he definitely needs to just He threw a 1% hit out of the 99 others he threw, and it, w- it went bad, I guess, is yeah. what you're trying to get at. Yeah, that's my point. Um, all right, well, like, we can all disagree on, on certain things. And, as we will. And we can all butt heads. That's but, the whole point of having a podcast. But, but why don't why would we, we... Why would we all be holding hands singing, you know? Why don't we come together? Why don't we have some fun... Let's let's play a game. Come oh, together. perfect. Let's let's Everybody play a game. get together. Try to love one another right now. I feel like that's the intro to Territorial Pissings by Nirvana. Okay, uh, I got a game what? for two of you. Uh, Kyle, okay. Kyle, you're a you're a guest. You're a first time player of this game, so I'm going to read you the rules. Bruce, okay. you've, you've played this a couple times now. Uh, which game? Um, this game is called True North Strong oh, and Three. Oh no! And three? <laughs> oh no! And three. I think Kyle will be better at this than Mike Wern was. I hope so. So I think, I think he will. What happens? Uh, with I don't know if he'll game, be better than me, but I think he'll be better than. What happens Mike here, Kyle? Wern. Is uh, I've I've gone back and I've I've come up with all. 68 players uh, that have played for at least at least three Canadian teams in their careers during the 2000s. Now, some of those guys, maybe their last year was in the 2000s for that third team. But every guy on this list has played for three Canadian teams in their career at some point they've appeared in the 2000s. Yeah, I see you have a question. 
those 2000s, are you talking about the first decade of the 2000s or the year 2000 Since to the 2021? Year Since the year 2000. They played in the league. 2000 or present. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, they played for a Canadian team since 2000, or just in the league since 2000. In in the league, okay. In the league, but they've appeared in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah for three you. Canadian teams, not necessarily in the 2000s. Like in, in their career, it could it could yeah, be a team from like 92 to 93. One Canadian team, one a next one be like 95, 96. The other one could be 98, 99. But he played in like 2002 for the Dallas Stars. So the Nordiques are involved in this then. So like let, yep. to to, oh, yeah. to go off of a name that was already mentioned tonight, Chad Kilger does qualify because he played for the Leafs in 2003, 2004. But he wouldn't have even had to, right? Like he could have played the for American of, uh, teams in Nickelback? the 2000s. That's right. Right. But he played for he played for Edmonton. He Chad played for Kilger? Montreal. Like he's played for enough Canadian teams where you know he he appears. But he retired by 04, so. He still counts. We should continuously ask questions at the same time, so James has to answer two at the same time. Okay, so here's how this is going to work, Kyle. There's two ways to play. There's two ways to play. The first way is that I give you the player's name. Okay, I'll I'll tell you who he is. Uh, And you have to tell me the teams, the the Canadian teams that you play for. So you have to guess. Just the Canadian. So you have to guess at least three teams. You can't cop out after you get two right. But they're all Canadian. Yeah, you got to pick at least three Canadian teams. You get one point for every team that you get right, and you get three points for clearing the board. However, you lose two points for every one that you get wrong. Okay. Yeah. The other way to play is that I will give you the the the, the Canadian teams that you played for and the years that they played there. If you get the player right, you get ten points. Now, that sounds pretty hard. I'm going to tell you three different teams and some years, and you're supposed to tell me a player. Uh, that seems impossible. So you can buy clues for one point out of that ten that I would give you until you have enough points that you feel confident enough to guess a player. Uh, so you could walk away with ten points. You could walk away with two points if you have to use eight clues to get there. Uh, but if you guess and you get it wrong, you're out. That's it. That's It's over. You don't get that many. Okay? And then it switches to... Then it switches over. So okay. I'm going to give you both. I'll go first, maybe, okay. so that sure. way Kyle can at least see one of the methods and Appreciate it. helps him out Definitely. a little bit. So. I'm, I'm going to give you both two players, and if there's a tie, we'll go to a tiebreaker. Uh, but I, I figure two two each is going to be long enough and uh, probably enough points to, to figure this out. So, uh, Brutes, I've, I've got my randomly selected player in front of me. Do you want the name of that player, or do you want the teams that that player played for? The teams is where I buy the clues, right? Yes. Um. Y- yeah, you know what? Let's let's do it that way because I think that's a little bit less. Uh, okay, that's a little more interesting for Kyle. That's to, that's to learn. great because the I, other way Kyle should just be able to get it. I, I love that. Okay, so this player, trying to help out my opponent for some reason. This player uh, played eighteen. Uh, well, I won't, I won't, uh, I've already said eighteen, but I won't. I won't from here on out. I won't say the games played. This guy played for the Winnipeg Jets in 2014, 2015. He played for the Calgary Flames from 2011 to 2014. Sorry. He played for the Winnipeg Jets from when? 2014-2015. Okay, so you're going backwards. I see yeah. what you're saying. Okay. He played for the Calgary Flames 2011 to 2014. Mm-hmm. And he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs from 2008 until 2010. Now, huh. you, now you can buy clues at this point. Can you put them... Uh, sorry, he played for the Leafs from when? 08 to 2010. He played for the Flames from when? 11 to 14. And the Jets from 14 to 15. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. 
How many clues can I buy again? What, what like what am I? You've got ten points to spend. Ten points to spend. Um, what what I won't do is if if you ask for the draft, that doesn't count as a question. You of can course. ask for the the position, the team, or the year. Does it have to be a yes or no question? No. If I ask you what position they played, you would give me position. Yeah, according to Hockey okay. Reference, which is incredibly inaccurate. Yeah, that's fine because I really am only curious about three different positions. Okay. Uh, what position did he play? Uh, right wing. All right, so he's a forward. That's all I care about. Okay, so Leafs 08 to 2010, then he went to the Flames, then he went to the uh, to the Jets. Um, James. And he's a forward. Yes, Kyle. So when you're saying he went to the Jets, his career ended on the Jets? Nope. No? Okay. Uh, not necessarily. This, these are the years he played for the Canadian teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. So it could be someone who's still in the league type thing. Okay. Um... I gotta be honest with you. I'm fairly confident that I know who it is, but I'm probably gonna ask for another clue. Okay. Um. If he guesses and it's wrong, he can, loses it. Can I ask yes. who he played for? Ooh, shit. No, my guess might not make sense. Uh, can I guess? Can I ask who he played for prior to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Even if it's not an NHL team, I'd like to know what team it is. Okay. He played for the St. Louis Blues. All right. I would like to solve the puzzle, sir. Okay. <laughs> I. Find it hard to believe he played for the Flames as long as he did. Uh, are we looking for Lee Stempniak? We are. Yeah. That's so you my have guy. banked eight points. That's crazy. He played that for is, the Flames that, that long. I did met you him. like him on the Flames? I met him, yeah. I loved Lee Stempniak. Man. I have he a signature. Uh, you know what? My least favorite Lee Stempniak uh, appearance was probably for the Leafs. So. <laughs> he was a beater on the Flames? He hated that trade the moment it happened, but man, he was he's a cool player. When I when I said um like when I hit the randomized button, I assumed that Kyle was going first and I was like really excited because like, oh yeah, Lee Stepney, I guess he's gonna be a guy that he probably could get, but maybe he wouldn't. And then as soon as you said I'm going first, I'm like, Yeah, all right, it doesn't really matter if I give you the name first or the or the Yeah. Or yeah. When was the Lee Stepnack drafted? Twenty uh two thousand and three. To who? Blues. Blues. So he played his bulk of his career on the Blues. No, he played the the four, most. Not three and a half years with the Blues. Where did he play the most games? Probably Calgary. Flames, I know. maybe. Eh? Three and a half. Three and a half. It's probably he, Toronto or Calgary. He actually played two hundred and thirty-three games with the Blues. Oh, Blues is the, the most, most really? Yeah. Wow. One hundred and sixty for the Flames. One hundred twenty-three for the Leafs. So many, Flames are second. Did he play total? He and eighteen was the Jets. Did you get eight hundred? Yeah. Okay, I have a fucking good career. 9-11. Good for him, man. Yeah. I like Lee Stemniak. Uh, 180 goals. I love Lee Stemniak. 203. Wow. Pretty good career. Okay. Cool. If I, Kyle, if... are you... Pre- oh, fuck. Uh, oh, no. I was <laughs> Is gonna, it a bad one? Oh, I was going to say sorry. something hilarious. I feel but... like that's a, that's a giveaway to like just pick the team. So I'm, I'm going to hit refresh again because I don't want to take it's that. It's a flame, player, wasn't it? No. It was so bad you weren't going to get hard. it. It was hard. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a couple that I, even I didn't know. Okay, so uh, Kyle, at this point you're down eight nothing. You got two guys to choose from. You don't get a lot of points for uh, the option where I give you the player's name, but it's your choice. Uh, I got a player in front of me. Do you want the name of that player and you tell me the teams, or do you want the teams and you tell me the player? The latter. Okay. Following Brutus's footsteps. That's right. Kyle, uh, would you like to stick with the same format? I would like to stick with the same format, James. Okay. Uh, Kyle, this player played for... This is going to get tricky. Okay, so I'm going to start from the beginning of their career because of the trickiness. This player was with the Calgary Flames from 1988 
until 1992. He was with the Toronto Maple Leafs from 1991-92 until 95-96, but also 2002-2003. And he was with the Montreal Canadiens from 01-02 until 02-03. Question. You get it right with 10 points, but you can spend clues off those 10. It was just painful to hear about the second stint. It just kind of hurt you to mention that. Is he your favorite player? That's not really a question I can answer based off hockey reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can deduct a point. Is he or is he not your favorite player of all time? No. Fuck. <laughs> What's his position? Center. What year did he retire with and what team? Well, it, it's one or the other. I can give you one piece of information. What was the last team he played for? Toronto in... Maple Leafs. Okay. Fuck. Center, eh? 1988 so to won... 92. He won Flames. the cup. He won the cup with the Flames. 92 to 96, as well as 02 through the Leafs. Doug Gilmore. There it is. You got it. There it is. We got a. We got. You got oh, it. Wow. We got a game on our hands. I got a. I got a mate here. Nice. I was about to say Gary Roberts, James. I know you. That's why I asked for your favorite player. I, I know where you're going with that. Why do? Why I, did I know that? I, I have no idea why I knew his favorite. I'm player used to Gary playing Roberts, against but... Mike Wern, where he would have spent 15 minutes on that, got every clue given to him, and then would have guessed like Roman Hammerlick or something. As soon as I thought cup with the Flames, then spent time with the Leafs, I was like Doug Gilmore, center. Boom. So I got eight or nine. All right, eight. I had two guesses, right? You got seven points. Yeah, because yeah, you, you got an extra clue. Like, you guessed for one more clue than what you I asked asked for. You asked for position, my favorite player. Oh, and true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Nice. Fuck. Wow. Maybe we should go three deep on this one. This might be fun. We might have to. I like this one. Cool. Well, I got a guy. I have, an, I have an idea. For every uh, guess you get wrong, you have to take a shot of whiskey. I don't. Why would I? Why would I do a shot, shot of whiskey? I don't know. I thought it'd be funny. I need to keep sambuca on hand more often. I think though, I would do That's shots disgusting. of that. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, that is. You don't like Jameson, eh? I uh, teach his own. I'm Irish. You're, you're Italian. I mean, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I like whiskey. You like exactly. sambuca. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck are you? You're you're looking at me like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, you I like. Think I, I like shoot that. I like liqueurs and shit like that. You know, Am- amaro and whatnot. You know. Okay, uh, Brutes, are you ready for your second player? I am ready. Let's Would you like the name of the player or the teams the player <sighs> played for? Yeah. You know what? Hmm. Are we going three deep or are we going two deep? At this point, we're one off. So if you guys want, we can go three deep. I got lots of names on my list. I'm going three deep. Let's I'm go down. Three deep. Yeah. I want the name of the player. Okay. The name of the that player. only gets me three points, right? If I get it right? If you get all three right. You get three. Oh. You get one for each team, and then you get two for clearing the board. Hmm. Okay, hang on, because it's almost better if I go the other way. See, like, I know why you designed this game. So against Mike Wern, I think I felt better with the name of the player. You did. But against Kyle, where it seems like he might actually, you know, we might go shot for shot here. Yeah. I think I'd rather not get it and just run through all my clues, and then I just get zero that way. Because yeah. I can get negative points the other way, can I? You lose two points for a team you guess incorrect. Right. But you got to Do get... I get negative points this way, though? No, you just lose uh, a total that you can get based on the clues that you right. ask for. 
but I yeah I could end up with like a negative. I could in if you guess two wrong like teams, you're one team wrong, and then you take away two of the right ones. That you and guess. I guess all yeah. eight, nine Canadian teams that ever existed. Okay, you know what? No, let's go the let's go the regular way here. I I want the teams. You want the teams. I want the teams. Okay, I want the teams. I'm going to go from beginning of the career to the end of the career. That's as the, I did. By okay. far the best way for me. Uh, for sure. This player was with the Ottawa Senators in 2017-2018. Oh, Jesus Christ. This player was with the Montreal... It's Alex on. This... <laughs> uh, this... the point. This... <laughs> this player was with the Montreal Canadiens from 2018 to 2020. And he's played with the Winnipeg Jets in 2020-2021. Ah, the team that I write about. Senators, Canadians, Jets. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not who you're thinking of. I thought it was that guy for a second, too. It's not him. Yeah. This is just me talking out loud, not guessing. I, I For a second, I heard Canadians and then Jets, and I thought Nathan Beaulieu, but the, the, he did not play for the Senators. Hmm. Senators from 2017, 2018, 18-20 to 20 on the Habs this year on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, 2021 on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's this year. Um, so, okay. So, they're, so their captain's Blake Wheeler. Uh, <laughs> Just from the top down, eh? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there a time um, limit? No. Okay. Can he go through the whole history of the franchise? Well, probably not. Uh, okay. I'm cur- I currently am employed by uh, a website that pays me to write about the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. So there's really no reason why I shouldn't know this is the child's answer to this. play, basically. But uh, has he he? I guess I am going to burn a clue. Okay. <laughs> Off hockey reference. Has he appeared in a game for the Jets this year? Yes. That just... This just doesn't sound like a guy. <laughs> he um, doesn't exist. The... the okay. This, again, it's not a guess. The literal only fucking name that's coming to mind is, is Nate Thompson. But I have <sighs> no fucking recollection of him ever playing... For the Ottawa Senators. And he played on the Kings at some point during that time. I'm pretty sure. Because they've only had Brassois play in that. Other than Hellebuck. Hmm, what would maybe help? I have nine points left? Mm-hmm. What? And you're up by one. What position is he listed at? No, sorry. Can I change my question? I haven't answered yet, so sure. What number did he wear for the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> That's so cheesy. There man. it is. I there thought it we is. were going jersey numbers. Uh, according to hockey reference, he wears number 11. I would like to solve the puzzle. Okay. We are looking for Nate Thompson. That is correct. You are up to 16 points, good sir. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was literally thinking about him in the last two Sorry. minutes. I'm like, this fucking idiot's not going to guess Nate Thompson. He just yeah, said his just, name. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, I, honestly, I thought it was maybe a guy who played like a game that just slipped under my radar somehow. But yeah. All right, yeah. Kyle, are you ready for your next name? I'll take the latter, James. You'll, as in, I give you the team names? Yes. All right. All right, Kyle, you got 10 points on the board. I'm looking for the player that played for the Quebec Nordiques from 1990 Jesus until Christ. 1995 when they, <laughs> when, they, when they relocated. They folded. Okay, so from 1990 to 1995. And they went to Colorado. He then That's played right. for the Toronto Maple Leafs from 02 to 04. And he played for the Calgary Flames in 07-08. You have 10 points on the board. <laughs> from 07-08? Yeah. Oh, I know who it is! Shut the fuck up. Can I steal? 
Oh, uh, no. Can I, can I pass the coop for half the point? I'm just kidding. Um, can I make comments while he's thinking? I mean, I won't stop you. This, this, this You're going to kick yourself on this one if you don't get it, I think. I think so. Yeah, you'll kick yourself. It's only one year, I guess, with the Flames, though, eh? Yep. Yeah, that's fair. A little before your time. Well, 07, 08 on the Flames, I was nine years old, so it's fucking hard for me to That's fair. I'm not for some a... reason, I still think you were, like, in high school with me and James. Kyle, no, you're I... down by nine, so you can at least afford to spend one uh, guess here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still um, by nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah You've got gotten them both I... an eight. <laughs> he got his first one in seven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What nationality was this player? Oh, that's the question. Wow. That is... Oh, yeah. no. Okay, so according to Hockey <laughs> Reference, I'm, I'm going off Hockey Reference. Okay. This player was born in Belfast, United Kingdom. I think that's that's the right that's the right answer, I, th- I think, yeah. with him. Belfast, United Kingdom? What the fuck? See this this one's a shame because his yeah. his prime is before Kyle would ever have watched him in his prime. Mm-hmm. Not to give you too many clues here, but like, uh, yeah, man, he was oh. in his prime. My God, he was awesome. Uh, I have to spend another point. Forward or defense? Forward. Okay. Maybe I should have asked for the position specifically. I think you could still give that to him. I guess that's the same I'd thing. be curious what, what to know what he's even listed at anyway. No, the position he played. The position he played due to hockey reference. Right wing. He did play some center. Did he really? In 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 one of the teams. I, I guess I can't list what team. That. Yeah, not not a ton, I don't think, but enough that enough that I think he was in uh, NHL one as a center. Put it that way. Talk it out, Cal. It's uh, a podcast. It's better when you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm very hurting inside that I don't know who this is, but at the same time, I'm trying to remind myself I well, was nine years old at the time. But per- perhaps you know, this might get some juices flowing. It, it, is this week's sponsor is Smoke and Mirrors Media? <laughs> now, James, what if I told you that Smoke and Mirrors Media is a creative media production company specializing in photography and videography? Their services provide creative content for clients that offer extraordinary advertising and exposure opportunities that will help any size and type of business stand out from the competition. Whether you're a struggling artist with a small budget or a successful business with some extra cash, Smoke and Mirrors Media can take your venture to the next level. Now, professional photography offers your websites, brochures, and social media outlets the opportunity to shine, while professional videography creates an opportunity that allows potential customers and clients to get an in-depth look into your unique venture. Are you, are you following along now? I got you. Yeah, okay. Now, Smoke and Mirrors Media doesn't just deal with commercial shoots, but also private accounts as well. Wedding and engagement photos, family portraits, and even more can be available through Smoke and Mirrors Media, and nobody, nobody, I repeat, does it better. Visit smokeandmirrorsmedia.ca for more information, or f- and follow at smokeandmirrors.media on Instagram. And get your picture taken today. I just ad-libbed that last part because I've been meaning to rewrite the ad for a while. Did it flow? It was nice. Okay. Belfast. Kyle, Kyle, do you you want another hint here? So, Belfast, United Kingdom. Yeah. 
And they were a right winger. You've been there? Have you been to Belfast? I've been to... I've been to the Republic of Ireland, right, not so the not the communist so part. I think if there were any bars named after him, ideally it would be. I don't know if there is. Probably not. I'm gonna, anyway, I'm Google that right now. His name is the Academy. Talk talk it out. Think of things that might help you that you want to ask. Um, I guess I have to spend another clue. Uh, okay. What was the player's last season in the NHL? The year. Or the, the year. Team? The year. Uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Shit. Who was that team with? The Minnesota Wild. Yeah, sometimes you just... Bearing sometimes, yourself here. Sometimes a good points. question just is not... Snowballs, eh? Answer. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Burning points. Sometimes you just don't get the answers you're hoping for. I just... Oh, God. Wow. Oh nine ten was what his last career. season on the Minnesota I got him up right now. Hmm. What a career, man. Wow. You said this player played with the Flames only in 07 08, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was the Leafs in 2002 2004, and the Quebec Nordiques from 1990 until 1995. Um, did... Today's episode of Laced Up a Hockey Podcast sponsored by Airedale Flying, Fishing, and Hunting. Let me tell you about some fish. Uh, outpostcamps.ca. I don't know. It's it's a free plug, I guess. So. Yeah. Mike, All right. Mike's going to owe me a lot. You, you either ask a clue or <clears throat> guess a name here. Yeah, you know, no kidding. Um, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. Did this player ever play for the Edmonton Oilers? Wow. Well, the name of the game is called New yeah. uh, True North Strong and 3. So if, if they did, I would have told you. I thought it was the only they played for... No. Oh, you were only giving It's three. at least three. Oh, okay. He would have given three. you all the... Well, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, would, I guess No, it's... I, would, I would have given you all four if they had played before. It's... The three is a minimum. Oh, okay, okay. I see. Um... I feel like there's been instances where you didn't give it. No. Okay. No. No, okay. No. Okay. So I won't... I won't dock you for that. You're new to the game. You're yeah, still no, sitting I'm at six. Saying, you're, you're Shit. I, uh... Uh, I want to give a shout out, I guess, while Kyle's thinking. Yeah, it is no, a hockey sure. podcast, uh, <laughs> very mini story that I'm sure we wouldn't have talked about at length tonight. Uh, Thomas Hickey played his first NHL game tonight in 716 days. Uh, over that time, he lost his brother. It was kind of an emotional night for him tonight. He had two assists in the Islanders' 6 1 win. Uh, he was the captain of the World Junior Canadian team. That I saw in 2009, so I've always had a love for Thomas Hickey, and I just want to give a shout out to Thomas Hickey and anyone who also likes Thomas Hickey, because I think that that's uh, badass, and I'm very happy for him. Love that for you. What What is something I'm against not asking? Am I allowed to ask for the last name? Any no. <laughs> anything that's on Hockey Reference that just doesn't refer to it, the actual yeah. player's name. What was their point total in the year when they were on the Calgary Flames in yeah, 07 08? A fair question. 32 it's points. Not going to help you, yeah, unfortunately. So they were mid. Just depends how well you know the 07 08 roster, I yeah. guess. Well, I know it fairly well. That's the year they lost to San Jose Sharks in game seven. I remember mm-hmm. Joe Thornton scored with three minutes left in the third. Joe Thornton, my guy. Another yeah. leaf. So they were third liner, basically. 
Uh-huh. This might be a dead giveaway to all of our loyal fans, not including Kyle Hogan. Uh, this player featured as an intro soundbite on this podcast before oh, from yeah. that same series that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's right. That series was mint, man. That fucking Sarich hit on Marlowe is one of my favorite things ever. I was literally just about to guess Corey Sarich. Oh. Thank God you just said that. But then I realized he was on. Maybe, the I'm, maybe I'm hiding in plain sight. Just because, just because he can't give you the player's name doesn't mean that I can't. Corey Sarich was on the Lightning in yes. 04, so no, he won the cup. With All right, Hogan, what do you what do you got here, buddy? What do you want a clue or do you have a guess? Or? Um, well, I can't really pass because he looked them up. So. There's no passing. You you guess or you I knew more who, clues. I knew who it was. Like as soon as he said the Flames in 07, 08, I knew who. It was. Really? And he's born in Belfast, United Kingdom. Well, the yeah. difference is is that he was on the Leafs when I was... On the Leafs? <laughs> when I was, like, yeah, when I was on the Leafs. When I was uh, a bigger fan of them then than I am now, basically. Like, I, this is a guy that I grew up watching on the Leafs, even though he was there for a year and a half. Yeah. And I, mm. I loved him very much. And I actually would consider getting a Leafs jersey of him. Big fan. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. fucking loved him. Big fan. He was awesome. What do you got, Cal? Now, Brutes, uh, in the interest of helping our guest out, who is losing, may I add. That's, yeah, that's um, Would it be possible to have him open up hockey reference on his phone and not look up this specific player? Just to, to get an idea of what maybe hockey reference might offer him to ask. Uh, sure. I mean, as long as he's not opening the 0708 roster, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll, um... I'll, I'll administer. What was the player's height and weight? Who is that? Okay. Is that two? One or the that's other. That's two, I think. That's that's like a build. So you get, you get one or the other. Okay, the height. Six foot one, like other, every other hockey player. God damn it. That seems like a really weird thing for you to ask. He was that big? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Kyle, Kyle, come on. Like, like look at things that, are, that might help you here. <laughs> Scroll, baby. Like, look through the shit. <laughs> what might help you? Oh, what was his number, James? Yeah. Like, again, should have been very high on now, that Now, list. how do you want to frame this question? What was the player's number on the Calgary Flames? There it is. Number 11. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Who is Owen Nolan? <laughs> it's not Jeopardy, but you got it. You got oh, it. Oh, man. All right, the score. I is... didn't think you were gonna get there. Fuck! Yeah. As soon as How I heard point... eleven, man, I was like, "Ah!" Oh, How fuck. many points did he get there? Three or Three. four? Yeah, fuck. What a shame. But um, I'm happy I got around to it. But it was definitely a question I should have asked at the start. Like, like if like I don't know if this is just me because I know he was on the Olympic team, but like if I think Belfast, <laughs> it's Owen Owen. Yeah. I didn't even know that to be honest okay. with you. I thought he was that's, just Canadian. That's fine. All right, Bridge, uh, you get one more guy. You are up by six. So there's some strategy involved here. you got to think big picture. I'm up by how many? Six. With you got one each. Okay. So he can get ten off the bat. But He's up, up by, by how six. much? Six. Okay. okay. I, I am going... Since I have the lead... Okay. I would like you to give me the player's name. Okay. And I would like to give you the teams they've All played All right. For. You will lose two points for every team that you get wrong. That's correct. Right. Now, I ha- I didn't ask this. Okay. If I get a name that I don't know, can I just lie down and not guess three teams? Oh, you have to guess three. Okay. That's in the rules. <laughs> That's guess- a new rule. You- okay. No, it's in the rules. you <laughs> got to guess three. Okay. All right? I thought maybe I found a way out. to play the trap on okay. this game. All Are right. you ready? 
Uh, yes. This player's name is Alex Ald. Okay. Okay. He played for three Canadian teams. At least. What? <coughs> All right. Well, he played for Vancouver. He did. That's two points. Okay. Thunder Bay's own. Hmm. Or Cold Lake Alberta, depending. Depending on where you're looking. If you're looking on a hockey reference, it'd be Cold Lake Alberta. <laughs> Canucks. So who was around when he played? Um, <laughs> he, never, he never played for the Leafs, so I can rule that out. Uh, fairly certain he played at least a year and I think was actually pretty good uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. He played 16 games for the Montreal Canadiens. Was he good? He was fine. Like a 903 or something. 914. <laughs> okay, it's okay. pretty good. 62 and 2. It's better than the career average for sure, I would say. Uh, so there's one more team, eh? And if you get it right, you win the game because even even then Kyle can't catch you. If I get it wrong, he's still got us. He's, he's still, got some he's hope. He's still in the game. I am going to go with the Ottawa Senators. That's right. Uh, he played 43 games for the Ottawa Senators in 08-09 and returned mm-hmm. in 2011-2012 for 14 more. So that mm-hmm. is correct. You are sitting at 22 points. You get two more for clearing the board. So you're at 24. Hogan, you're at 10. Unfortunately, I think I think the only way, you, like, could you possibly, like, get, like, a four-teamer, two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, that still won't get you there. So... Um, all right, so that was that was fun. Uh, Kyle, thanks for playing. You lost horribly. I'm not going to rub it in your face or anything like that. But I got Doug Gilmore. You did get Doug Gilmore. I made it uh, interesting a, to start. A, a player that Brutes would have gotten based on the years alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. So, but, but no, hey, well, no, me, like, look, yeah, look, like, look. It just, just because I'm a freak of nature when it comes to this kind of right, stuff right. doesn't mean that you know, James is a debatable. Like, but. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I've gotten one wrong the whole time we've ever done this. So. Spe- speaking of Doug Gilmore, though, uh, let's let's talk about the Calgary Flames and how they look under new head coach Daryl Sutter. Now, right. So now, I want to talk about tonight's game that Kyle doesn't right, know the outcome. Kyle of. Doesn't so know. basically, what happened from the opening faceoff? No, I'm just kidding. Just... No, you're good. Oh yeah. Um, no, we talked about Daryl Sutter. He's he's come on. He's he's started. You know taking control of the team, and, and there's a lot of questions about whether or not he was the right guy to do so. Um, and I, I guess we're six, we'll call it six games in because we're not going to talk about game number seven that Cal has yet to see. But I guess just like w- what our takeaways are of the Daryl Sutter 2.0 era in Calgary because we, we have a, a Calgary Flames fan, and B, we have a Daryl Sutter fan, and C... We have a guy that doesn't really believe in either of the two, so uh, let's let's try to break this down and, and figure out like what Daryl Sutter has brought to this team thus far. Before I branch on what Daryl Sutter has brought to the Calgary Flames, you don't believe in someone who's won two Stanley Cups. I well, I, I think there's a difference in believing what they can contribute to the game in 2021. Okay, yeah. you, right. you believe in 2012 like, and 2014. Yeah, so. like like not to speak. Oh yeah, no, not I love to, I love Daryl. Not to speak for James, right? It was just like the way things went down in Los Angeles. I can definitely understand. Like he was why. the perfect fit for the scenario back then in LA. He did a great job. He he has been one of my favorite coaches for a long, long time. The dude is 62 years old, <laughs> yeah. trying to. Jump in halfway through a COVID shortened season. Yeah. 
Like, I digress. Ju- just, yeah. just because it ended up with them winning two Stanley Cups, right? Like, you can't forget the way things ended in L.A., which was pretty fucking ugly for Daryl Sutter. So, like, I completely understand the reservations. On the other hand, I would argue Daryl Sutter maybe did the best coaching job of the last 15 to 20 years in the National Hockey League in L.A. Like, what he did there was, in my opinion, an absolute fucking work of art. And uh, from someone who was coaching hockey and was looking for ideas at the time... I watched them every fucking night because they were they were perfect from a strategical standpoint. Like they got the goaltending, but they also gave up eighteen shots a night, like a lot of nights. It was they were great. So, um, what do I think of Daryl Sutter in Calgary? I guess is where we're going with this, right? Yeah. That's kind of where yeah. we're getting at. I Thus think far. that um, it is a better fit than Jeff Ward, but at the same like at the same end of it, it is uh, somewhat the same idea of Jeff Ward, where this is a means to an end. I think. I think this is more so to really, really gauge um, what this core is and what this really means. And and Daryl Sutter at least is going to get, in theory, the most out of every player that anyone's really going to get out of them. Um, because the thing with LA, like if you ever look back at their rosters, like, yeah, sure. We, we have a lot of love for like Dwight King and shit like that. There were a lot of guys that played on those teams for multiple years and played a lot of minutes a night that really were fucking bad when they left LA. And so you look at those rosters and it's like, were they good because they were actually good? Or were they good because Daryl Sutter knew how to fucking set the lineup and get them to play four lines deep, right? So I think he gets the most out of players. Like, I'm never going to take that away from him. Um, I don't know that he's the perfect fit for Calgary in the sense of strategical matchups and basically, like, what those players have to give. I don't think Johnny Goudreau's a guy that fits particularly well uh, in a Daryl Sutter system. But I think that he's at least going to give Brad Tree Living a better idea of what he's working with here. And uh, to that point... Uh, give ownership a better idea of what it is they're working with because I I am finally at the point even though I do like him uh, I am not super sure that Brad Tree Living is the general manager of this team next year so I think this is kind of a what do we have here and they're going to kind of move on from there and if Daryl Sutter does a great job and gets him in the playoffs great you know but I still think that there's some evaluation going on from top to bottom that we're going to see in the off season. No, definitely. And, and um, I, I like everything that you've mentioned. Um, coming from a Calgary fan point of view, I just believe anything from Jeff Ward, what we saw 10 days ago, anybody who you put in there would be better than what we were seeing out of this team from the last few months. And what you yeah, saw there is me, I fucking thought Jeff Ward was a joke. Uh, definitely. So. And, you know, it's not necessarily what Daryl Sutter is bringing to the team. It's just what a different voice is. That's not Jeff Ward's per se. I just don't think any of those players bought into what that guy was bringing to the yeah. team. Per well, se. Like a little, like a little, like a very commonly looked over thing too with Jeff Ward was that Jeff Ward was there before Jeff Ward was there. Yeah. Like Jeff, Jeff Ward was in that room for four years. Yeah. He's so like Jeff Ward was only yeah. there for a year and a half. He was always there. It, he was the background guy. And I, I just think like there's a problem when you got, when you have a guy who's been in the background the whole time, 
who's forcefully put into that point of accountability yeah, for that organization. Situation. I think it was a very difficult situation. And, you know, Bill Peters can go fuck himself. I think the organization handled it very well. They did what they had to do. Was it the right idea? Probably fucking not. I, but they did what they had to do. I, I think one of the biggest... Sorry, like, I don't know if this is staring things into another direction. But, I like, I wanted to say this, though. I do think that one of the biggest mistakes, if it ends up going this way, looking back on the Brad Tree Living era, is going to be sticking with Jeff Ward after 2019. Like, deciding that he's going to be your guy, even though he was the associate slash, you know what I mean, or whatever. Sorry, after 2020, like deciding yeah. that you were going to just Like starting this him, season with Jeff Ward. That you were going to go with him. Like, I just, I, I think that is something that might come hire? back to haunt him. I w- I well, we have this conversation all the time, right? Like, I like I just, I genuinely think there are guys out there. It's just, I, I never got the impression. Like, he had the benefit of knowing Ward before I did, mm. right? And I don't know Jeff Ward. But I never got the impression from the moment he opened his mouth as being the relief guy that he seemed like a head coach to me. He had he really didn't answer any question he was asked. It was very much just like, yeah, you know, like a lot of the same bullshit you hear over and over again. Okay, but... I would rather go with someone who's younger and you maybe put them in and try something different going into this year. And the fact that maybe but they like, went to the mu- second round. How, like, how, much, you know. how much weight do you put into answers to the media not a lot james but the, like daryl sutter like, is the like prime example of a guy that does not sure. the epitome of shitty answers. considering that the team didn't look all that great to begin with uh, it's another factor to consider for me because well, i don't know the guy yeah but like you you can't sit here and say that daryl sutter or john Torilla that like you know just gives the media nothing is a, a great coach a jack adams level coach and, and shit on Jeff Ward for being the guy that, well, he didn't ask the question the right way. Like, I think there's, like, a lot of room f- in the NHL for a coach that coaches the game a certain way, but at the same time, I don't care to answer your question. I don't care what your question is. I'm I'm going to be bad, even, at answering your question, but at the same time still being a good coach. Isn't there? Oh, of course there is. It's not the case with Jeff Ward at all. Jeff Ward uh, did a bad job coaching the team from essentially the moment he got there, I thought. Um, like, they, they they were winning games, but it was just like it, it always... It was their roster. Like, like it, they're not going to lose games. Yeah, like, I'm not going to blame him. It's the same roster. I'm not going to blame him. No, I'm just saying the, the roster percent. is underperforming what they are right now. I believe. Look, he he took over a they team... They were a playoff team for three straight seasons. He took over year, a team the same roster. that was doing decently well. Uh, he had them do very well when he took over, and then they completely hit a fucking cliff after about eight games after he took over. Uh, he gave me personally no impression that he was really making an effect on these guys when he was talking to the media, when he was... Uh, anything. Like, his lineups didn't make sense. Anything. It, it doesn't matter what question you ask me about Jeff Ward. I had zero confidence in this guy from the get-go. So, to me... I always thought that it was just a bizarre decision that they went back into this year with Jeff Ward, considering even though he did a decent job given the circumstances, I also didn't think he did anything to make that team better once he took over. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with the decision to have brought him in. I've been saying that all along, and I don't think that he should have been there. The so. um, the thing that hurt me the most about having Jeff Ward start the season with the Flames... What hurts the most... Yeah. Definitely. 
is that Brad Living before the NHL season started this year, was asked by the media, who did you interview in the offseason to be the head coach of this hockey team? And his answer was, I only spoke to Jeff Ward. That was it. He mm-hmm. interviewed one person. You, you interviewed the only guy who had the Calgary Flames up 3-0 in Game 6 against Dallas, who ended up losing the game 7-3. And that was the only guy you interviewed now, to coach your team. Same sort of thing that James probably would have said to me, though, is is also like, well, what's he, what's he going to say? Right? Like, you, you can't stick with Jeff Ward and then say that you were considering people other than Jeff Ward. However, I don't see any options. evidence that he ever did consider anyone other than Jeff Ward. Whether or not he did, I don't know. But I, I do... I, that's like, an indictment on Trevor. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, that's the thing. If that's true, which I don't know if we're ever going to for sure know... Oh, so you're saying he may have interviewed people without saying that. Sure. But yeah, he can't admit that he did. Like, if I were a head coach and my general manager was like, Oh, yeah, no, we interviewed seven or eight guys and we still stuck with our guy. It's like... Oh, cool. So you did definitely doubt me, though, even though I took you to the second round last year. Like, I wouldn't want to hear that. But Brad Shea Living definitely should have looked at other options. Definitely. And if he stuck with Jeff Ward and no one else fit the bill, it's on Tree Living, man. This is all on Tree Living, like, to some degree, anyway. I'm not going to throw it to him 100%, but I think 95% of this is on him because, um, sure, he had to fill the job. After the Bill Peters thing happened, I probably would have gone with someone that was currently on my bench too, but I I might have hired someone in season or, you know what I mean? It, it's easy to, to fucking play. It's, it's, it's right, really easy but. in hindsight because, like, Jeff Ward was a 607 coach after the, like, after taking the role in He won Calgary. 60% of the games. Almost 61% of the He was 24-15-3 down the stretch. Like, mm-hmm. like how do you... How do you justify going against that to Flames fans? We're talking about who did you interview? Yeah. The question becomes, oh, we brought in so-and-so to be the new coach. Well, what was wrong with Jeff Ward? He just led us to 24-15-3, and 51 points in his 42 games. And Second by, round. by all accounts, got us to the playoffs. Yeah. How, how do you justify going against that? Because we, this could be a very different conversation if they bring in someone like, I don't know, uh, was Bruce Boudreau available when they when they fired uh, Bill Peters? I, I can't remember the, the the timelines here, but like, say you bring somebody else in to coach the Calgary Flames, really and he doesn't get six oh seven, and then and then what? Like, what's the conversation at that point? Like, by all accounts, Jeff Ward was a good coach going into the season, statistically speaking. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I just the um, Flames definitely won games with Jeff Ward as the coach. I'll give but you but is, what do you, what more do you want? That's what they're supposed to do. Well, right? the fact that they didn't look particularly good for a lot of that time, and then at points got absolutely throttled by the Dallas Stars, who granted went to the Stanley Cup final, but I don't like I I I'm not, I don't I just I <sighs> I know for a fact you're like you're for example like you're a Ted Nolan guy. Sure. Did Dominic Hasek make Ted Nolan's career? or Did Ted Nolan make? Ted Nolan's career, like that's the same conversation. Like, did did Jeff? How is it the same conversation? I don't get, I don't get how well, it's the same conversation. Well, if if I don't if, even I don't really get the question. If if Ted Nolan comes in for one season in Buffalo and has a six oh seven save percentage, and then you go in the next season and say, yeah, no, Ted Nolan's our guy, and then all of a sudden you don't have Dominic Hasek, and then it's a bad season. And you're you're indicting Ted Nolan for everything, right? Yeah, 
why aren't you out there looking for somebody else to replace the guy that, by all accounts, did a good job the year before? I I just think, like, in, in this instant, James, like, um, Jeff Ward, sixty almost 61% winning percentage, mm-hmm. but the roster got better. You signed Jacob Markstrom 6x6. Six six. You got Chris Tanev, and the team did marginally worse. That's the thing, in my opinion. You made the roster better, and they did significantly worse. Yes, in a sense, but it's a different animal also when you consider the factors of COVID and a shortened season. Of course. And the restraints on your GM to make roster moves and the opponents that you're playing. You're no longer playing San Jose and L.A. and Anaheim. Uh, you know, you're, you're very right, James. The, this, the conversations that we're having this year won't matter next year probably because because the seasons the the people you play against isn't going to be the same the calgary flames aren't going to play toronto 10 times not ottawa 10 times like Mm. it's going to be completely different there's going to be a lot more parity in this league so but to to each his own i just personally think jeff ward was not the guy to coach this team are are you on the basis that you believe jeff ward sort of should have stayed the coach is is that what i'm getting from you i'm not so much saying that that's the case i'm just saying like the idea that you're going to replace him after the season he had last year. Like is, fire him after 20 games after what he well, did. Well, it was 42 games. And he saved the season. Like when, when Bill Peters was relieved of his duties, for whatever reason, whether we want to discuss the fact that it was uh, these racial allegations that came out against him or the fact that the team just fucking sucked when he was let go, like Jeff Ward came in and saved that team season last year. And they had 10 games in the playoffs, which was more than a handful of teams played in the playoffs last year. Yep. So are are you saying that, that that's just a result of the roster that Brad Trevelyan, like had out there on the ice that night and that Bill Peters was the problem? Sure, make that argument. But if you're going to make that argument, then don't say that the problem now is a result of Brad Trevelyan because it's the same roster, essentially. In fact, it's an improved roster. You know, like, James, what you're saying now, I've listened to a lot of, like, Calgary media, and they're saying eventually you can't look at the management, the coach. You have to take a look at the fucking players. The but players the aren't players. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. It's well, the players not playing consistently. It's, it's not, though. Like, we, we can't really sit here and say that. Like, it, it, no team is ever goes into one year the same as they did exit the other year. The, this team won sure. the Western Conference, though, in 2018-19. They won the West. I they mean, were second in the NHL I mean, to Tampa. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean... They, yeah. they went from winning the Western Conference look, look, to being look, a fringe playoff. Look, team. Kyle, like, I, I don't know if, if you're at this point, and I, I feel like a lot of Flames fans need to hear this. If you're clinging to that Western Conference win still, you, you, you are really, really missing the point here, I think, with the Flames. Because, like... Uh, who like we're we're gonna sit here and talk about who the best player on the Flames is? Best player on the Flames is Matthew Kachuk, who's been fucking absolutely invisible this year. Awful, yeah. Their next best player is Mark Giordano, who's a thirty-seven-year-old defenseman. Their fucking best center is uh, Elias Lindholm, who's a winger. Their next best fucking center is Sean Monahan, who probably is barely third line on some fucking teams in the league. Like we're gonna sit here and take a look at this fucking team. The roster's flawed. Because Brad Tree Living's done a shitty fucking job as of late. And to me, that is just coupled with the fact that he hasn't been able to find a coach to really, really harness the group. 
Jeff Ward did a fine job last year because they went to the second round. Jeff Ward did a not a great job analytically, but who the hell cares, right? They, they won enough games. Sure, I'll, I'll take your point to that. That's fine. But I, I don't think that there are many, many coaches on uh, that are currently available that could make this team much better than it already is. And I think Daryl Sutter is one of the few that is capable of doing that. What do I think needs to be done here? I think they need a reset. I don't think they need a rebuild. They need a reset here. Because they got to find a way to keep Johnny Goudreau here. How are they going to do that? They need to find a good center for him. Who's a centerman? Elias Lindholm. Great. How does Johnny Goudreau do with Elias Lindholm? Fine. What do they need? Another winger. Oh, if only they had another fucking winger on the roster. Oh, wow. There's Matthew Kachuk. Put Matthew Kachuk with those fucking guys and get rid of Sean Monaghan because he fucking sucks. That's literally what you and I said earlier. So, there we go. There's a couple fucking things that you can do. I don't know. I'm sure it's not that no, easy. Definitely. I'm, I'm just saying, like, when you start digging into the flames, it's a little messy. James, if I if I were to really relay anything to you, like, take it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see during games, you watch Toronto all the time. Uh, you, it's no stranger see the coach will come um, mesh with different, different line combinations throughout the game to try and gain a spark. No, for sure. In the six years that Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Manahan, and the four that Kachuk have been on the Flames, at no point five on five statistically, this mm-hmm. is a true stat, has they ever put out Johnny Gaudreau with Elias Lindholm and Matthew Kachuk? Okay, ever. They have never put that line combination on the ice at once. They've never separated 13 and 23. Ever. And I just think that's probably an indictment on the team. You should probably separate who you think are two of your best players. Maybe just see what you can do. And I just think you're eliminating the growth from each player. Like, you're showing them that they can only thrive with one another, in my opinion. Like. And I'll I'll, I'll take that point in stride, and I'll, I'll admit that at some point you have to give in and, and try that, but A, uh, Daryl Sutter hasn't tried that. No, he hasn't. So, so don't sit here and tell me that Daryl Sutter is the answer. Yep. And and B, these teams have access to these players. They have information to these players that we don't have. They have two months of off-season training with these players that we don't have. Are you honestly going to sit there and tell me that the idea of putting three guys out of the, what, 15 forwards yep. that you have on your shortlist for a, a roster. Gee, I didn't think of putting those three guys together. You think that really didn't come up at any point during any discussion in the last four years? It has to be one of those players. Well, they're I, all I, left-handed, I, that's the thing. They, I, one of them is choosing no. not to play the left wing or right wing. Or maybe that they, they that's, just don't work together. That's Possibly. That's, that's, pathet- maybe that's pathetic to me. How the fuck could you possibly say that if you've never tried it? When it's one of those things... Where it's how many years of fucking mediocrity this team fucking goes together. And you won't even try them together for a shift. You won't even exactly. try them together for a shift. John Tavares never fucking played wing in his entire life till he fucking got to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they put him out there with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And you all look at that and it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And they tried it. Just try it. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing. Because, here, sorry James. You, you try but but yeah. here's my point. They've been on the team the whole time together. That's For the four whole straight thing, years, yeah. right? Like, like if they had just gotten together a couple years ago, sure, I wouldn't right. have tried John Tavares with Austin Matthews either. Someone yeah. tried to do it, and cool, like you, great, you did it. But like the whole thing is, they've been there together for years, and they haven't even, they haven't even tried it. It's just, and like, it, it's weird. I may, and maybe it doesn't work. Like and, I get that, and but I, I don't, I don't watch preseason hockey. Yep, I don't watch training sure, camp. I'm not gonna watch that shit. Like, 
are we going to sit here and say that they haven't tried that in preseason or training camp? Maybe. It's one of those maybe, things. Maybe Matthew Kachuk fucking hates Johnny Gaudreau's guts and, and has doesn't said, want to be near him. And, and has said to Jeff Ward and Jill Sutter, I'm not passing that fucking guy ever in, in my fucking life. Right. The guy who we fought right. for. Which last goes game. back to the whole thing right. of everyone thinking that there, well, especially me anyway, thinking that there's an issue with the core in Calgary and I can't put my finger sure. on it. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe these guys fucking hate each other. I don't know. I said to Kyle earlier before we weren't recording, these guys don't seem like they're having fun. Every time I watch the Flames, they don't look like they're having fun. Ever. The difference And me, I realize it's a weird thing to say. It's yeah. just like, I they don't they don't seem like they gel very well together. I yeah. don't get it. The, the difference for me, though, is like, if, if you were to say to me that, like, taking the Leafs, for example, because I watched the Leafs, like, oh yeah, uh, Mitch Marner and uh, John Tavares, they fucking hate each other. Great. Then don't play them together. And they don't anymore. And it works because they have other guys they can play with. Well, kind of. Well, kind of. <laughs> but, kinda, you know, like, kinda. for the Calgary Flames, like, and I hate to say it, but, like, if they have three guys and three guys only and two of those guys fucking hate each other, well, okay, then don't play them together. Let's hope that Matthew Kachuk, because he's such a superior player than the other two, can drive his own line. Well, it seems like he can't. Like, Calgary Flames fans seem to think that, like, Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan can be their own line, and Matthew Kachuk can be his own line and drive his own line, but he can't. No. So mean. what's the answer here? Or hasn't, anyway. Or hasn't. Yeah. So is, is Brad Tree Living Reasonably. burying the fact that these guys won't cooperate, won't cooperate together? Has he paid three different NHL head coaches to not try to put those three together? Or is he being stubborn in the sense that he knows they won't play together and won't move on from one of them? Because I think all three of those problems are exclusive to the fact that there are three pretty decent hockey players that just aren't gelling. And, no, to teach his own, it's like, why haven't they at least tried that for a shift? It's honestly kind of confusing when you really think about it. It's it's honestly fucking baffling. You, you won't... for In the four years Matthew Kachuk has been on a team, they haven't played a minute together of five-on-five time. And I don't know if that's just because both the wingers are left-handed. They don't want to do that. But I, I think it's pretty invalid to say that yeah, Matthew Kachuk hates Johnny Gaudreau's guts when Matthew Kachuk fought Justin Hall because he hit Johnny Gaudreau last game. Don't tell me Matthew Kachuk hates Johnny Gaudreau when he goes and fights for him. It it Look, look like I understand that it, sometimes it's tough to play on your off wing. I, find, I just find it a little hard to believe. It. I find it a little hard to believe that the Flames have two of the very few players in the National Hockey League that are not capable of playing their off wing. I just find that hard to believe. Like, I, I just, I, I don't get it. But but regardless, like, even the idea of that line combination not having been put together, it's just kind of like, if, if that's what we're clawing at with this roster, is that that's the big issue here? That's probably not the issue, then. That That's the thing for me, is just like the, the fact that, you know, because like the whole thing, the Leafs lineup would go through... Uh, you know, a rough patch or something like that. And it'll be like, why don't you try Marner with Matthews? And it's like, oh, they have, and it doesn't work. And now it's working. Yep. But the early days, it it was bad. Like, it was, <laughs> like he was way better with Nylander, and Marner was way better away from Matthews. And now they've found a way to kind of get her going. And so, like, that's all well and good, and maybe that works for Calgary. But say they do that to their top line, then what's their second line? Sean Monaghan, It's Mangiapane, and... If Dylan it's even Monahan, like you know what I mean, like Backlund, maybe. 
Backland, that line's, Pani, and that Dube. line's okay. It's not terrible, but for a Stanley Cup team, that's a third line. That's a third. That's a third line, and it's and it's the an Calgary okay, Flames are a line good. behind of what they need. That's probably. exactly what it is. So that's where they're at. Then you look at their blue line. It's not their fault. Giordano's getting old, but he's getting Father old. Father time comes, right? And then TJ Brody's gone. You're down a first pairing that you used to have, sort of, because Giordano's not been not been Norris. Their best worthy, pairing right? has been Hanavin. Uh, Hannafin and Tanev this year. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and like like we were saying, right? Like, Giordano's getting old. That's all fine. But even still, what was the possibility that even if Giordano had that season when he was 28, that Giordano was ever going to have a season again like that? You know what I mean? He had the best season a defenseman could possibly fucking have. Uh, Points-wise in, like, the last 20 years. Exactly. Almost, right? Like, yeah. he, he had a best-case scenario season. It's just like they have guys coming up and they have futures, but like they don't have anyone who is the best player at their position or even really that close to it, right? Like coming into the season, there was the conversation that Makachuk might be the best winger in the league, and I didn't really buy that. But like we've learned now, no, definitely not. Uh, he debatably is not the best winger on his team, yeah. and I don't even know that Johnny Goudreau is because that's how not good they've both been. Mangiapane. <laughs> Maybe. That might be right? the best winger. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just, there's so many conversations to have around the Flames where it's just kind of getting to that point for me where I don't really know what to make of Brad Tree living anymore. And, um, it's an unfortunate situation because I do really like him, but he is kind of lost. I think the only here. thing that saves Brad Tree living is that he's pulled off a lot of blockbuster trades that shy away from maybe his faults in deep drafting. Besides Andrew well, Mangiapane, well, who have they drafted deeply? No, no, you're right. Like, he's done a lot in good trades. And I'm on record on this podcast for having said this before. Like, and you and I talked about this earlier, is that, you know, there's such a situation of you losing your asset and it's not going to be what it once was for you. Yep. Right? And so a perfect example was probably Patrick Line or Pierre-Luc Dubois in their old situations, right? Dubois was never going to work in Columbus again. Line probably was never going to score 40 for a jet for the Jets again because he just didn't want to be there. He was super dejected. And so I understand the fact that Dougie Hamilton was probably never going to be Dougie Hamilton that we know him now in Calgary. But even with that trade, they they traded away Dougie Hamilton to make that trade work, right? Yep. And Furland didn't work out in Carolina. Injury problems aside, hasn't worked out anywhere else. But like... Even that trade in and of itself, that trade I liked for the Flames at the time. I mean, Lindholm's still great. But they still traded Dougie Hamilton in that trade, right? Like, it's it's still like they got a decent value for what they were trading away, but also the so did the Hurricanes. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of worked out for both sides. Blockbuster trades, like, I just... I'm I'm failing to yeah. think of anything beyond that. In though, really. in the in the short term, it worked out that year that they got Lindholm and Hannafin. That was the year they won the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. In the short term, it worked fine, and Lindholm is also their number one center right now. But you know, like he people, he, he people, whiffed hard in the James Neal thing. That was a fucking bust, and now they have Lucic for that. Like, I'll give you this too. Even with Hannafin, Hannafin just turned twenty four years old. People forget about that hilarious. with Hannafin, right? Like it's like. I'm not saying there's untapped potential there for sure, but also we wrote off Aaron Eckblad, and Aaron Eckblad's having a 
great fucking season this year. Very good. People were starting to get impatient with Charlie McAvoy, who's having a fucking great year this year. Like, I don't know that Hannafin doesn't turn out to be a great defenseman in a couple years. I don't really see it. Yep. But he skates like the fucking wind. Who knows? Like, he might be the best defensive defenseman in the league in a couple years if that's the way he models his game. Is he going to put up 60 points? Probably not. But a good shutdown defenseman, I could see it. That trade might work out. It's just one of those things where I look at it and it's like, I still look at it and think like, yeah, but they traded away Dougie Hamilton. Right. Who is probably not going to sign with the Hurricanes now this year. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And Noah Hannafin is 24 years old and has played almost 500 NHL games. He's been playing in the league since he turned 18. That's true. Which is well, fucked. 19. But, yeah. just, just turned 24. <laughs> like a month like, ago. <laughs> Noah Hannafin's going to touch 1,000 games before he's the age of fucking 30 if he stays healthy. The guy yeah. doesn't miss time. Like, yeah. Or uh, lockouts. But, <clears throat> I like yeah, Hannafin. That too. Yeah. When's the um, next CBA up? Oh, anyway, yeah, we're just... Like a year ago, but they extended it because of COVID. Oh, right. So, any, any day now. We're just waxing yeah. philosophic on the oh, flames okay. at this point. Um, anyway, my, my thought... Carry on. My thought, I I don't hate the Daryl Sutter move, but I think it's more of a... <laughs> to mean. get back to your question, it's I more like of a the means, Daryl Sutter. <laughs> it's more of a means to an end. It's, it's yeah. more of a guy that would just happen to be an operator at the time. To, it's it's another yeah. Band-Aid, James, yeah. is what it is. It's, it's, oh, this is a bigger Band-Aid. Yeah. Boom. Okay, we got. Yeah, if Daryl Sutter decided to uh, live in the states for some, for, like live in LA or something this year, and wasn't on his farm, like this trade doesn't happen, right? Or we, this move doesn't. We, happen. we no, probably definitely. don't have time, but we're gonna have time for one more topic here. Uh, no, we got, we I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to you guys because I think they're both interesting. They're, there's both different angles to take with uh, both these teams. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and why they might not be good? Or the Toronto Maple Leafs and what is going wrong in uh, Paradise there? The Flyers for me. Ah, uh, the Leafs for me. Oh, okay. Well, if you want to, that's that's fine. But... I, I could get on top of both equally as passionate. If you're on the board of the Flyers, let's talk Flyers. Two people in on the Flyers. Um, well... Unless you guys think we can do the point form for both. Uh, they are completely unrelated. Let's do Flyers. Yeah, like I'm, I'm more worried about the Flyers, even as a Leaf fan. I'm not worried about the Leafs. Better. I just want to make fun of the Leafs. I the Leafs are not. You, in you can you can make up. You can make fun of the Leafs in uh, a few minutes here, and then we'll talk about the Flyers. How about that? Say your piece on the Leafs, and I and I'm sure I will not debate you, even mm. though I definitely will. Prior to tonight's game, <laughs> that I don't know the outcome of, they That's were right. one and six in their last seven. That's, That's correct. Right. I'm not even sure if this is an indictment on the Leafs. It's more so the fucking media that makes this team out to be a mockery, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, the team's not even that fucking bad. Is is no. honestly what I'm getting at. They're they good. outchance every single team they play each night. Yeah, they're good. Statistically, <laughs> they should win the games, but analytics would say, including last night's against the Flames. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Analytically, you are going to lose even if you outchance the other team. Eventually, that's, that's just how, how that's how probabilities works. go. Yeah, yeah I, you're I'm, gonna get a stretch where you're bad. I'm aware of the 2017 New York Islanders for sure. No, definitely, and I just think <laughs> I've heard of them. The mockery <laughs> of the Toronto Maple Leafs that is right now isn't even a fucking mockery. What team that has been successful hasn't had a little lull in its season? Now, I, I I agree with what you're saying. My pushback lies in the sense that. The goaltending is the biggest thing. No, for me, my my, my pushback is that the Leafs could have gone fifty six and zero this year. Doesn't mean shit. Yep. This is entirely a season that is based on how they perform in the playoffs. You know if, that's if fair, go, James. If, if you go fifty six and zero as the Leafs this year, and you lose in the first round, there's a good chance your GM's still getting fired. 
And that's considering the fact that Kyle Dubas has done, by all accounts, a remarkable job as the GM of this team in a few short seasons. He could still get fired after a 56-0 season. Now, that's hyperbole speaking, but are you... Let's just say Toronto finishes first, second, whatever. If Toronto does not make it out of this North Division in playoffs-wise, do you think Dubas could get fired? If they don't win a round, yes. So, Toronto Maple Leafs, regardless, if they do not win the first round, Dubas is gone, in your opinion. Not gone. I'm just saying that the conversation Possibilities is Possibilities there. The hot seat. The conversation okay. is open. Okay. I don't agree at all that it would happen. But I don't, I don't think I don't, that would happen. I don't think it would happen, but it, it's one of those things, like, if it happened, it would be like, yeah, okay. There, <laughs> like, it there's going to be... At a point, you got to ask the question, There would right? be a 90-minute meeting of the Board of Governors and Brandon Shanahan where they're like, all right, so are we going to fire, fire Kyle? And then they all agree within 45 seconds that they're not going to, and then they just talk about the year for an hour and a half, and then they're just like, okay, so yeah, no, but we're we're done here, right? And then or they, leave, right? Yeah, so or they fire Brendan. True. And yeah, which, which, a lot of people which, fucking forget about that. Yeah. Guy, Gotta man. tell you, I'm out if that happens. I'm out. I'm not. I don't want to see that happening. I'm. I'm out. Brendan Shanahan or yeah, Dubis? For sure. I'd rather them fire Dubis than Shanahan. I don't give a fuck. I want a lot Shanahan. of people don't even talk about Shanahan right now, man. He's almost been a ghost. In my yeah, opinion. he's been. He do much. He's been. Uh, fuck it. He's been a godsend for the franchise. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't. Uh, the joke, and it's, it was a mostly a joke. The joke of the Leafs right now is not even a joke. They're in a lull. They're a great team. They're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. To the Flyers, I think that is a team that has been very good for the last uh, decade that has a lot of players who are just fucking getting old and Father Time is catching up with them. Mm-hmm. They are just not the players who they used to be, now, in my opinion. Can I propose an idea here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Give her. Uh, I have a thought on the Philadelphia Flyers. Sure. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you've seen this movie before. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Flyers mm-hmm. have the worst goaltending in the National Hockey League. Shocker. And it's, it's actually not even remotely close. Because uh, you, can, you can go... Yeah. You can go normal numbers. You can go analytic numbers. Uh, you can sort by just about any stat you want analytically. Mm. Uh, Carter Hart. Has been one of the worst goaltenders. No, has been the worst goaltender in the National Hockey League this year. And Brian Elliott is also <laughs> also pretty bad. Would you ever guess that, James? Brian so, Elliott really better better than Hart over thirty I, games. I'm I'm a Elliott guy. Like I, I've never ah oh, the moose. Him. I've never hated him. Like I, I admit that every player eventually will come back down to earth, but. Yeah, him. no, uh, Carter Hart, uh, second worst high danger goal saved against uh, uh, above average in the National Hockey League. He has the uh, the worst goals saved above average in the National Hockey League. Uh, his expected goals against is very mid pack. Yeah, I, I I don't think that they're uh, they've been particularly amazing in front of Carter Hart. Uh, or Brian Elliott for that matter, but they can't get a save at all. And like people talk about the Leafs not being able to get a save, like honestly, like the the analytics numbers. I don't think Frederick Anderson's been horrendous when you compare it to what's going on in Philadelphia. Like I think Frederick Anderson's been bad and worse than you would expect him to be, and uh, bad enough that I don't want him in the net anymore. But uh, bad enough to suggest that he's torpedoing their season, I think is unfair. 
considering in those games where Sheldon Keefe seems to think that the Leafs were very good, I thought uh, a lot of them, they were not good. But this is about the Flyers anyway, so. Kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. They, That's they, the best contribution that Elaine Vigneault's had to the fucking Flyers is his quote of saying, Kata hot. They've yeah. fallen below the Boston <laughs> Bruins who play the majority of their season against the Devils and Bruins. Uh, uh, sorry, Sabres moving forward. Um, are th- now, James, are the Sabres bad? If you go back to minute 430 <laughs> of today's podcast, I will answer that question for you. <laughs> But no, like <laughs> where where we where you brought up a question of their coach getting fired, and we literally didn't mention Ralph's Kruger's name. The we we time. literally just ripped the organization. That's how, that's how like that's oh, how right. on Ralph Kruger's side we were with that. That's yeah, how long Ralph Kruger was part of the team. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think the Flames should fire Sutter at the end of the season and bring in Ralph Kruger. There it is. Um, no, the the Flyers are now three points out of the playoff spot. They've like they're a game behind the, the Boston Bruins, who by all accounts are going to have a pretty easy schedule moving forward. Now, look, maybe this is where we went wrong. Maybe maybe the Buffalo Sabers having not played the Boston Bruins yet is a sign of things to come. Maybe maybe this is where they turn the corner. Maybe Jack Eichel is That's right. is going to be lethal against the Boston Bruins. I don't know. While he's but, out for the season, so yeah. Um, <laughs> The Flyers... The, the Flyers he's, he's not going to play them, so yeah. yeah. That's the, the Flyers do have three games in hand over the Islanders. They have two games in hand over the Penguins and Capitals. But they're so far behind that it doesn't really matter. And with no wild card, finishing fifth uh, just isn't going to cut it this year, Jack. So I don't see a window in which the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be able to work themselves back into the playoff conversation short of... I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, Tristan Jari going down with an injury, I guess. Like, um, I don't get it. Like, the Pittsburgh Penguins, by all accounts, have the same problems that Kyle alluded to that the Philadelphia Flyers have in the, in the sense that they're an aging roster that's just not good anymore, except the Penguins are getting goaltending. And, and not great goaltending. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. No, like, no one's picking up Casey DeSmith in fantasy, but... Well, it's here, enough. Here's what I want to say about the East Division, right? Because I was thinking about this today, where I had I had the Flyers winning the division, and I had the Sabers in fifth, which is why I had this is why I was thinking about it, right? But here was more what I was thinking is is it wasn't I didn't I didn't really think the Sabers were going to be all that particularly good. Uh, I thought that there were teams in that division that were going to take a step back, namely the Islanders and the Penguins that uh, haven't Bruins. that haven't taken the, mm-hmm. that step back. I didn't yeah. even have the Bruins there. I, I, like that, those were the teams I thought the Rangers were going to be better. Um, but what's happened is that uh, the Penguins have been fine, and the Islanders have been very good, and uh, the Flyers just can't get that save. And I think it's just been a, a, a compound of that. I sort of still think the Flyer like I, well the Flyers still have a pretty good roster like it's just like it's hard to get past that right they've had a lot of covid problems but so has a lot of that division and I don't know how that's lingering either yeah. so like the leading if goal the Flyers James Van Riemsdyk the Flyers had well, a good that's he's, the same roster he's having a good year. Years it's ago. not it's not like he's leading them with 10 goals like yeah, he's, but he's like had a good the year 31 year old like renaissance guy probably shouldn't be the guy leading you in scoring um, that's your that's your not, guy. not not yeah. I mean, like, uh, who who would you have them leading them in goal scoring? Was maybe Couturier? 
who who's missed time this year because of injuries. But even if who would be but, next? But, but, but like JVR would be up there for. But me. even if it was Claude Giroux, you could at least say, yeah, he's been the hardest soul of this team. He's a legit top player in the league. I don't and remember how much he missed, but he also missed a bunch of time. Two games. That was it. Yeah. It's the beginning of the year, though. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, connect me. Like Joel Farabee is second on this team in scoring. Yeah, that's fucked. He's also a good prospect well, that yeah, they had. Uh, yeah, like what? Well, and like, I'm not. He's I'm a not first sh- round I'm pick. Not sh- I'm not shitting on Joel Farabee. I'm just saying, like, no, no. where is the core of this team? Like we talked about in the podcast well, about Jacob Voracek and like his role and like how the media was portraying him, and it was like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. And now it's kind of like, well, maybe they had a point. Like, yeah. No, you're not wrong. There. Like Couturier, to your point, is a over a point per game player. Uh, Konechny is is producing fairly well, but if if you're kind of relying on James Van Riemsdyk as being an impact player as opposed to like yeah a third line guy who might be a power play specialist, that's not great. That's not a good place to start. That's not what you really set out for at the beginning of the season as a franchise. Like. It's 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 worrisome, coupled with the fact that the goaltending hasn't been great. Yeah, like I, I guess. I mean, like, um, it's one of those things where they have a bunch of guys that they're paying, and that you would hope that at least a few of them perform at this point. Otherwise, they might have some bad contracts. And like, uh, JVR showed up and Voracek didn't, and you thought it was probably going to be the other way around. Like, like, I don't really think that that's, uh, that's a huge issue. Like, the fact that JVR is producing is is good because you're paying him $7 million to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my thought there, like, I'm not... I'm not uh, y- you've completely lost me if, if Joel Farabee's entering this conversation as, like, a negative. Like, I don't... It's not a negative. Uh, it's just, like, you he, expect they, they, to go into they, the season with certain guys they, that are going to perform. Sure, and Joel Farabee's pretty high on that list, I thought. I doubt he's it. finally showed... He's well, 20 years old. He's, he's like, a 12th overall well, pick in the You weren't... Uh, sure. You weren't asking him to be that guy. Right. But he was always more than capable but of he, being that guy. But, like, again... And that's correct. I, I, like, sorry, again, but you've kind of lost the grasp of this team if you don't think Joel Farabee's part of the future of that team. Like, he has been oh, I, I since the trade. I do. So, 100%. yeah, he, like, he showed he up. He should be 24 points in 27 games. Yeah, 100%. But a, and, a bunch and, of other guys should be doing better than him. Yeah, sure, and Mitch Marner showed up for the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was 18, too. Like, you know, like, give the, give him some credit. Uh, you can give any kid credit. We're sitting here talking about the fucking Calder Trophy uh, last week about how, like, 24-year-olds can't win the fucking Calder. But also, uh, when you're 21... You don't have to produce. So, so what are we rewarding? Are we rewarding these fucking young kids, or aren't we? Like, Joel Farabee showed up. He's 21. He's been fucking phenomenal this year. He's been great for that team. The team's been fine this year, I think, in front of the goaltending. They just they have no goaltending. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think this team is particularly shitty. Uh, I think their biggest problem might be Shane Goss' bear at 4.5. But since he's been healthy, he's also been good. Like, I just, they're not getting a save to me. And that's the end of it. That's, uh, for that, me, that's fair. personally, but, um, uh, like, yeah, just going, going back to your conversation, like, yeah, uh, their high paid guys have been not that great, but I still think that they're in a spot where a lot of these guys that are making depth money and things like that are situations where you also thought they were good. 
Like, I, I thought this was going to be one of the best na- uh, teams in the National Hockey League this I year. Had them the because yeah. even if Voracek yeah. sucked, if Giroux sucked, if v- JVR sucked, which I thought was going to happen, um, you know, like, they have enough depth where it's like, yeah, Konechny and Couturier and Farabee and uh, fucking Sanheim and Myers and these fucking guys, they're going to show up anyway. Like, it's mm-hmm. just one of those teams where you look top to bottom. They don't have any bad players. Um, really in the lineup. So their worst players have been their highest paid players, which might yeah. be a problem long term. But regardless, I still think it's one of those situations where um, this should be a good team and I think has been a fine team, but they're going to need to sort out some problems in net. Like a, a, a lot of what I, I took Philadelphia to be in terms of like, I, I took them to win the division um, was the fact that I expected a big, a, a huge rebound season from Nolan Patrick and that hasn't happened so if you want to sub in Joel Farabee for Nolan Patrick that's fine but you're still playing Nolan Patrick you know what I mean like I'm not trying to shit on Joel Farabee as being what he is because I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to see that he's producing for the team but that's where I saw Nolan Patrick being I saw him as a second third fourth even uh, overall point scorer for this franchise and he's not and to his credit Joel Farabee has stepped up but Nolan Patrick should have stepped up in addition to Joel Farabee yeah you know if, if Joel Farabee's going to have this season that he's having that's fine that's that's a bonus but well at you, the end of the day it comes to how you evaluated the team because like uh, for me I, I didn't expect Nolan Patrick to ever play an NHL game again so, to me, I'm just impressed that he's been wow. there and been fine. Was he's he in the 2017 great. draft after Heischer? Is that he was one? second overall in Heischer, yeah. 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 yeah, he's had some injury problems for sure, but... He has never been a guy to live up to the hype, gets, yeah. Well, like, he hasn't played in a year and a half. Like, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give him any yeah. credit at all. Like, he's starting from square one, to me. He didn't... Well, he didn't, I, I don't know about square one, but he's... Pretty close. He didn't skate for... He played a full for, rookie year, no? He didn't skate for a calendar year at one point. Like, it's that's a lot, you know? Yeah. Um... Regard like I see what you're saying though, right? Like it, yeah. if that's where you thought he was going to be, Eric um, Gustafson comes in. He's supposed to be the the answer on defense, and and he's not, right? Like uh, Gosses Bear hasn't rebounded to the level that we thought. I'm not trying to say that the goaltending hasn't been a problem. The goaltending has definitely been a problem, but I think there are, is more than just the goaltending that's contributing to the fact that the Flyers are not a playoff team because. As we kind of touched on, the Leafs have had their share of goaltending problems, and they're still in first in the division. And if you want to talk about the strength of the divisions, that's a different conversation in my mind. But we're not talking about a team that's not in the playoffs. Like if 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 the Leafs' problems began and ended with goaltending, and they were sitting in fifth, that's one thing. But they're still in first. Yeah. You know, like, like... But but that goes back to my whole thing with Frederick Anderson, where I think he hasn't been as bad as people are making it out to be, because, like, the difference is that the Flyers haven't gotten a save all season. Like, they, they haven't... they Like, Carter Hart hasn't been good since day one. He has a shutout, I think, this year. I, I didn't look it up, but I think he has a shutout. Yeah. And then Brian Elliott uh, has not been great. Like, they haven't gotten a save at all. Whereas Frederick Anderson had nights where he was good, and Jack Campbell has had nights every night where he's been fantastic, and uh, Michael Hutchinson was 
you know, had a great team in front of him. Like, the, 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 the Leafs are better <laughs> than the Flyers, right? And, and, and that's for sure, but they've also got better goaltending, I think, to me. Like, I, I think just across the board, they've yeah. they've had a little bit of better luck, and you would expect the Leafs to be better than the Flyers anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So you believe, like, the Flyers are, are a save away from being a great team? Not a save. They need, uh, they need, <laughs> they need the saves that most of the goalies in the league would give them. Basically, they so they, they need average goal. They tending. need average goaltending. The Flyers need their former goaltender Peter Mrazek to come back and play in net for them. Probably. Cause... I mean, if Carter Hart was anything like he was last year, they'd be a great team this year. Like he was good last year. Sure, like that, dude. That, that, they could use 2010 Michael Layton right now for fuck's sake. Like <laughs> they, they need something. They need anything. Carter Hart has been the worst goalie in the fucking NHL this year. There, there's no denying it. Uh, your Vesna pick or mine? Mine. Yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mine hasn't been much better. I couldn't remember which one of us Martin picked. Jones, Carter Hart. Who'd you pick last year? Do you remember? Oh, I... I <laughs> we gotta go back and listen I to that don't. at some point. Fuck me. Who, anyway. Who's a uh, bigger letdown? Carey Price or Carter Hart this year? Well, I never I never had any money on Price, so it's, it's hard for me. Really, yeah? Yeah, well, Price has been cooked for years, so I figured he would continue being cooked this year was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Keep roasting it. <laughs> like, no, like, I, I hoped he would have a bounce-back year. It kind of looked at the beginning of the year like he was having a good year. Um, and he's been, he's been, he has been good recently. I don't know about the last few days because I've been watching March Madness. Um, but... Like he looks like he's settling back in a little bit, but I don't I don't know that he's been a catastrophe to the level that Carter Hart has been this year. The difference is that Carter Hart makes uh let's see it here. Uh seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So I'm not, so I'm not, not gonna lie, I, on I, I'm not gonna lie, I think I took Vasilevsky last year. To win the Vesna? Okay. Yeah. That's a good pick. Not that he won. I was gonna but... say, like regardless, he's a good goaltender, yeah. so yeah. Who won the Vesna? Hellebuck? Yeah. yeah, he could probably win it again this year. I gotta listen probably back not. to that now. I'm curious. Um, he's doing very good this year. He's doing fine. Um, I'll, I'll listen and I'll report back next week who we had for our preseason predictions last year. Here, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, super bad characters. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, take take some thought. If there's any depth characters that you do or don't like, you know what I mean? You can incorporate them. We're not talking about the main three here. You don't have to put Seth twice, you know. I'm just thinking, who who for you is something that maybe you think people find too funny, people find not funny enough, and 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 they're on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Holy fuck, there's so many of them. That's what I mean. You can. You, we can all take a little. We can all take a couple minutes to think about. I have, it. I have yeah. way too many underrateds already in my head. <laughs> Everyone is underrated. <laughs> Everyone needs underrated to love this movie. Now. They're all underrated. and They're all my favorite. Yeah. Um, One of my most underrated is a character who's not even a character, but is mentioned as a character. Is Jimmy's brother. <laughs> so that's... Jimmy's brother isn't a character, but it's pretty fucking funny, man. Yeah. You look like. She- Um, oh my god! Overrated. I think I would go. Um, I think I'd go Becca. Becca kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> you know what? I I think Seth was right. I think I think Becca's kind of a bitch. 
I don't really like Becca. I, I, she wouldn't have been my type at that uh, age, and I, I don't particularly like her. I actually don't really have any reasoning. I just don't really. I don't like Becca. I agree with Seth. Becca's overrated. Fogel. Fogel's overrated okay. to you? Yeah. What? I mean, I mean, in the sense that maybe he is the face of the movie, and maybe that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Like I thought about that. Mm-hmm. I do think that he is as funny as as is justified, but I understand your argument. They could have had him be literally the character that they coerce him to go in to buy fake alcohol. And if that is the <laughs> end of that character, so be it. No! Oh, no! That's, it. That's, all we, that's all you need from him. No. It's the guy that happens to have a fake ID that has a ridiculous name that goes to buy a fake alcohol. We don't have to see that guy ever again in the rest of the movie. That's fine. I vehemently don't agree, but that's a it's still it's still a fun take. Um, overrated character in Super Bad for me would definitely be the poor man who follows the cops around the whole fucking movie, <laughs> who literally plays no significance yeah, at all, he but sucks. he is just there the whole fucking time. He sucks and gets arguably more fucking airtime than Jules, who I loved in the movie. The old guy sucks. Yeah, he does. He sucks a lot. Hmm. Boozing on the bus when they get on. Back the fuck up, or I'll beat the shit out of you. It's you, <laughs> McMuffin. <laughs> yeah. Back the fuck up, or I'll beat the shit out of you. Give hmm. me the booze. And he just tries to ruin their whole fucking time. I mean, overrated. Get the fuck out. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, underrated, eh? Hmm. Interesting. Seth's grade six teacher. Yeah. Hmm. I don't really think about that. I had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> Do you guys have an? Does anyone have an underrated or what? Underrated? Yeah. Well, no. You you no. You have an underrated. Say you're underrated. Stephen Glansberg is my underrated. Okay. Uh, Stephen Glansberg is fucking hilarious. How he just sets the precedent <laughs> of the whole movie into me. What am I supposed to eat alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? And it just sets the epitome of every fucking person you have seen in the high school cafeteria eating cert- alone at lunch. He's that is so relatable. recognized as like a perfect moment of the movie, but I don't know if he really gets thought of as like a character even, right? Because he's No, just, he's not. He's more so a reference. So yeah, no, he, he could be underrated. I think he's very underrated. He's extremely relatable to everyone who watches the movie because they know the dude who sits alone in the cafeteria who eats his fucking lunch by himself, which is very depressing, but it's very relatable. <laughs> everyone knows that fucking one guy who would sit there alone That's right. and eat his lunch. Hmm. So Steven Glansberg, very underrated due to the fact of his significance to the audience watching the movie. Okay. James, you got one? Uh, Pamela DePello. Okay. She plays the home act teacher. Oh, the oh, oh the fuck. home act teacher. Yeah, no, I thought about her being my my. Underrated. I didn't invent odd numbers, Seth. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. Vogel, if you're home act's a class, fucking joke. It can't be in this. Three class. weeks left of school. Give me a fucking break. Sorry, she doesn't fucking she doesn't get mad. Yeah. The fact that she deals with that, like I thought about that whole conversation, and then the Fogel High thing. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. I didn't invent odd numbers, Seth. Yeah. yeah. 
Mine's um, my yeah. mine's a little different. I'm I'm going uh, I'm going Jules. Mm. I, I think I think Jules is underrated because uh, I think Jules is uh, uh, just just a very important part of the movie in the sense that she's kind of the cool uh, chick. Where the whole time you kind of watch it and you're like, I don't really understand how Seth is managing this, but good for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's kind of like, and, sh- and she really is the whole uh, cause of the plot of the movie, right? Like, the movie doesn't really exist without Jules. That's my whole thing, right? Like, yep. it's just like, she decides to have a party, we're gonna go, we're gonna get fucked up, we're gonna go to her house. And a lot of people don't really think of that as just like, this is kind That's of the, the reason plot. the whole movie happens, is because Seth has a crush on this chick, and she decides to have a party. And uh, she's very cool. She's very badass. And it's also the movie that that basically gave us Emma Stone. So uh, I think uh, her character is the most underrated in the movie because she doesn't get appreciated at all by fans of the movie. And I think that she's incredibly important. Yeah, she's almost like an sense. afterthought. Yet she is the plot of the fucking movie. Her yes. Her her sense is the plot. Yeah, she's definitely. also funny. Like she has her she moments. She is, you but know. she's underappreciated. I mean, she's no, she's she's not one of the boys, but she's pretty. No. She's close. You know. You know, she Seth collapses on her, and then what the fuck? That's right. Yeah, she's she's Hit got the it. Fucking head. Yeah. Uh, favorite. You're beautiful. <laughs> favorite character. Favorite. Me. Anyone. Oh. My favorite characters. Are uh, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen in the movie? Can I get thirteen beers for the road, please? Yeah. (laughs) Probably the funniest line to me in the movie. There's cops. They're on shift. They're boozing on shift, talking about their fucking shitty lives to Fogel. It's just like a woman. Even after you're dead, they're trying to rip your heart out. Oh yeah, organ donor, eh? Oh yeah. You know what I like to say about organ donors? <laughs> Just like a woman, even after you're dead, they still want to take your heart out. That's yeah. right. So yeah, uh, those are definitely, aside from the main cast, uh, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen's characters are definitely favorited, in my opinion. Okay. James? Uh, Officer Slater. Nice. Uh, I mean, did he, what, um, I mean, like, was he like us, or... <laughs> No, I would say was he African? A woman? A woman? No. Oh, so Eminem is he was circular like us? Yeah, no. <laughs> I got. Oh, he was Jewish. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Op- we have an Op- African Op- Jew Op- who has robbed the store. Yeah. What? I have a veterinary exam in the morning. Apparently, Spend someone has shit. an exam. Get on the ground, load a gun, ready to go. Spread your shit. Pussies on the pavement, fellas. Let's go. Hold your fucking hands. Why do we have to hold our hands? Shut the fuck up and hold your hands. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the one that we all know very well is uh, my favorite character, I guess, would be a tie uh, between this guy and another guy, and Joe Latruglia as Francis the Driver uh, is probably one of my favorite characters in the sense that he's possibly not even my favorite character, but I think he is pound for pound probably the funniest character in the movie uh everything he says everything he does 
uh, I didn't even effing see you, and no one really thinks about that. Like, why does he say it that? Why does he say it like that? You know what I mean? Like, just just the fact that he's just such a weird guy through and through. Every single thing he says is either unnerving or uh, hilarious, and it's just like. The fact that he is able to do that so well, I think, is is great. I, I I have a lot of I have a lot of love for that. Least favorite. Yeah, James, we need to get your least favorite. Yeah, it, it's, it's fucking Rachel McIsaac. Show the truth. It, it's fucking. Ba- oh, Becca. it's Becca. Yeah, yeah. You you realize she sucks too. Yeah, right. Cock, okay. Cool. Your, your, your cock is so smooth. Like, I don't know, <laughs> yours would too. If you're smooth. Like, fuck off. You suck. <laughs> you drink Gold Slugger? Get the fuck out of here. Drink a fucking beer. Or a wine, or a gin and tonic. Yeah, what high school girl is asking for that? Yeah, I drink fucking gold slugger. Right. It's fucking fifty dollars a fucking bottle. Right, like, like, are like even Jules's absolute bitch friend. She gets Kyle's killer lemonade. Like yeah. that's easy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you got to get me some Kyle's killer lemonade. It's nice and easy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like cool. Boom. That's kind of gay, but like Boom. that's fine, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like even she is just nice and simple, right? I don't understand why you have to be a little bitch about it. Like like Becca, that's not 2021. Come on, that's not a comment for 2021. Like, that's right. Oh my god, you guys are fags. Mm, there's another edit. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> your least favorite. I thought I brought up my least favorite already. It was the, um, the poor man on the bus. Underrated. Or overrated. It was that you're over. It's also your least favorite. Yes, I'm sticking oh. with him. Yeah, he, um, he is both for me. <laughs> All right, not really how it works, but that's okay. Uh, my my least favorite, um, Greg the soccer player, played by Dave Franco. Yeah, uh, yeah. big fan. He sucks for sure. He all two lines. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, funny part of the movie, but his character itself, he sucks. You know mm. what I mean? Especially because we see him years later uh, as a college student. Who thinks organized sports is fascist in uh, Twenty One Jump Street? Oh, I see. And he's playing organized sports in one scene, and now all of a sudden, uh, I think they're different yeah. characters, but I, I I don't care. And then two movies later, he's in Neighbors. It'd be really cool <laughs> if it was if it was supposed to be the same character. What's his name in Twenty One Jump Street? It's probably not Greg. If it's Greg, it's the same character. <laughs> if it's not Greg, it's a different character. I Let's can't take imagine. a look. Uh, his name in Twenty One Jump Street is it's Eric. What's his but name he, in Neighbors? It's hard to say. You never know. Uh, in Neighbors, hmm, is Neighbors a super bad sequel? It's possible. Let's take a look. His name in Neighbors, if it's also Eric, though, that would be interesting. His name in Neighbors, Pete. Damn, so none of them align. Fuck. It would have. It's possible. They're very generic names, though. So it's possible. I watched his. Uh, he directed a movie last year, and it was really good. It's a horror movie, and it's actually really good. Really, I forget what it's called. The Lodge or something like that. Well, good for him, know, honestly. The rent, the rental. It's really. Good. I've heard about that actually. It is yeah. really good, actually. Like a really well done horror movie. Dave I know Franco. you don't like horrors, but you you might be able to get into it. His wife, Allison Bree, is in it. Oh, she's she's very good looking. So, um, that's it for this week's episode. I don't have anything to plug. I have a column every Thursday. Over or under, guys. Uh, Buffalo Sabers goals this season or comedy for points? Real quick. Goals <laughs> scored by the Sabers or points by McDavid. How many goals the Sabres have? Like 40? Are they currently under McDavid points? Because if so, I'm going to take the under on the long route. McDa- uh, Buffalo has scored 
59 goals this year. McDavid has 52 Holy points. Holy right? shit. McDavid has 58 points. 58? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go McDavid points. Okay, good to know. I fucking hate McDavid. I'm taking Buffalo. Okay, mm. what are you taking? Mm. McDavid. I just, McDavid I sounds more fun. Eh? I don't see how a player can score 100 points in a 56 game uh, season. The Sabres are probably going to score uh, trade away their like three Here, highest scoring players. Here's yeah, the I'll th- go McDavid. Here's the thing: is that you could debate. That the Sabres fired the better coach than what they're going to finish the season with. Yep. So it's possible. <laughs> they score even less because they don't have Eichel anymore either. You could also argue mm-hmm. that they're still paying better coaches than what they have oh. based on firing and them. James, they, they've probably been paying Ted Nolan for 20 years for all I know. They, Phil they, Housley they, is still under contract. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, he is. Yeah. And he's assistant coach on a new team. No, right? he's... Is he? Yeah, no, he's oh. a sitting coach. Maybe the amazing part of uh, of the firing of Ralph Kruger was finding out that he was making $3.7 million to coach that team. It was the what? journey along the way. What? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm Bruce Potato. Yeah, I'm James Cole. Okay. And Kyle? I'm Kyle Logan. All right, and this is 2020. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Just eat that! Leave us alone! Uber SUVs, we used to ride around in city streets. Only six of us, but we will pull up like we 50 deep. If you wanna hang with us, you gotta bring some drugs at least. Life was seen, pull up, make a scene like a Steve McQueen. Flights at Landis, the drip outlandish. I just spent 10 racks and sacks, fifth in the standard. I ain't never asked to be this way, I ain't planning it. It starts with good intentions, I end up doing damage. Look, I'ma tell you how this ends before it even starts. I might have to make amends after I break your heart. I'ma flirt with all your friends and then we break apart. If our story was a play, it'd be a tragedy. There's a reason why my exes all still mad at me. And that's another love I killed, another casualty. How this thing go from a blessing to catastrophe? It's a travesty. I can't help I'm it. a professional bad decision maker. I know I broke your heart, but I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Know the end is the hardest. Wish I could restart it. Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker. They should write a movie about the shit that we did. Deviated septums from the drugs that we did. You think I learned from my past, but I'm a creature of habit. We had so much gone for us, man. What happened is tragic. My girl is a savage. Bad influences all around me. Drunk at bag and tail, all drunk. My table is rowdy. Had to let go of Ali. I regret it for minus. I'm draped in designer. Said I needed the one and I found her. Now she's back in Portland. Had to say this shit is important. I ruined everything I love. Man, this shit is like torture. Sorry that you had to deal with it. Rehashing old wounds. Still won't let you heal with it Yo, you hear this shit? Yeah Skizzy back on this shit again 5K for the fit again Fucked up at the win again Me and my dogs the same like a synonym It's ridiculous I can't help I'm a professional bad decision maker I know I broke your heart But I love you regardless 
Professional bad decision maker. Know the end is the hardest. Wish I could restart it. Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker. 